Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. I wish I could say it was a great day. I wish I could say it was a happy day. I wish I could say that, you know, I'm glad I don't live in America and I'm glad I don't sort of live in Vegas because you just don't know, do you? At some point, somewhere in the world, somebody's going to crack whether or not this uh, mass killer in America went from Mr. Normal to uh, mass executioner of 59 people. I think the worst ever mass shooting. Hundreds were were injured, and they didn't have the faintest idea. He seemed to be able to check into a hotel with guns. You'd think, I mean, perhaps they'll have to start putting metal detectors as you go into lifts and things like that, because you can walk in and out of hotels in Vegas. Nobody says that, because it's it's technically okay. I can understand that you do get people who get themselves into debt. Whether this one was a gambler, I don't know. I just know that he owned about 20 guns. I suppose if we had it over here, we'd have people roughly the same. 860,000 people grounded by Monarch. The moaning has started already. Yes, already they've had people on the television. Well, my wedding's going to be ruined because of this. We had one stupid couple who were going to Grand Canary to get married. They'd even heard on the news, don't go to the airport if you're booked on Monarch because you're not going anywhere. And yet they still went to the airport. I mean, how could you deal with people like that. And then people complaining, saying, it's, you know, it's disgusting, we weren't told anything. One woman was in tears because she's apparently saved up for this holiday for ages. And you think, oh, God, get a life. Get a life. You know, no mention of sparing a thought for all those monarch staff who've just lost their jobs. Nearly 2,000 people immediately have lost their jobs with monarch. They don't know what they're going to be doing. All they're worried about is their piddling little holiday somewhere or their, or their wedding. Oh, and we can't, we, we can't get back on the coach because the coach has gone again. We'll pick up the phone and call another one. These people are so ungrateful. A company goes under. Admittedly, could have been bad management. They made a loss last year about 200-odd million pounds. And uh, and they couldn't tell people till the early hours of the morning because they were waiting for the flight from Tel Aviv to come in because all the flights have got to be in the same country. It's going to cost about £60 million to get people back from overseas, people who are waiting for monarch flights. That's about £60 million quid. Where that's coming from, God alone knows. Insurance policies, I should imagine. And there is all the advice in the paper today, if you're one of monarch's unlucky customers, um, and how to get your refund... If indeed you're due a refund, some people won't be eligible. Some people will and they'll process that as quickly as possible. But it's this, you know, not a thought for anybody else, not a thought for the poor people who have to stand there and try and process people knowing that they don't have a job. That's ridiculous. 84850, Steve at LBC. John says, turned up at Gatwick at 4.30 for our flight to Dubrovnik and he'd be told it was no longer flying. Why weren't you listening to LBC? You were told not to go to the airport. In fact, it couldn't have been clearer. It was on every news bulletin, every single news, not just on this station. Admitted we are the brand leaders, but I mean, loads of other people were putting out this do not go to the airport. And so you go there only to be told that they weren't flying. They've gone bust. They've gone into administration. It was on every... In fact, I started doing it, I think probably about 12 minutes past four yesterday, because that was the time it came back in again. And I did it with regularity, on the, almost to the point of boredom, I think, but I kept doing it in case people were waking up. And you still went. You still went to the airport. There were some couples on the television the other day. There was one woman sitting there in tears. I began to wonder whether it was crocodile tears. And she was just, you know, so, oh, we can't fly with Monarch. Oh. You know, we can't get to Benidorm or we can't get to... Where were they going to? Grand Canaria. There were some other people going to Costa Blanca or something and they were going there for a wedding. There was about 30 of them. Well, not now. 
people on holidays not going. But as I say, it'd be nice to spare a thought for some other people who've lost their jobs. So they're not going anywhere, you know, it doesn't make any difference. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, the captain of the Trident submarine suspended over an affair with a junior female officer. What's the matter with that? If you're stuck on a submarine, it must get quite lonely. You know, and you're, you're just stuck with a load of sailors. Um, and then you sort of meet a female officer. I mean, it's not exactly, they're not vast places, submarines. You can't, do, you know, everybody's working hard. Why can't people have relationships? Does that really make a difference? It's like, you know, if I, if I was, you know, working on, what? If I was working on a submarine and I was feeling a bit lonely, you'd be seeking a bit of comfort in the arms of somebody. I'd go for somebody who cooked food, actually. Always go for the people who are going to feed your belly. Don't go with something. Don't, don't base it on looks. Because that was what I thought was odd the other day. Do you remember there was Holly Willoughby? And she turned up on the Jonathan Ross show. I don't know what she was plugging. And she said that in the early days she was judged on her looks. Of course. Everybody's judged on their looks. It's called television, dear. Radio is where nobody cares what you look like. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm blessed with looks and talent. You know, I'm one of those, those rare commodities. There's a lot of people... I don't want to mention any names. There's a lot of people working on this station who don't have the looks. They don't, you know, they, they don't, they don't have... I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I make the best of what I've got. Admittedly, scarred to hell, but I mean, who cares? Doesn't matter, does it? It's, per, it's personality. And also, James O'Brien, he's not a looker. Seriously, I've sent sympathy cards at Christmas. It goes in one ear, comes out the other. He's not a looker. He wanders here in the morning, he looks like stick of the dump. Seriously. He's not, you know, he's, he's not a looker. But it doesn't matter, because he's got talent. It's when people are ugly and they don't have talent. That I get a little bit annoyed. Uh, also, the uh, skipping breakfast can raise the heart risk. I don't know what that means. Are you supposed to have breakfast? Nutella or something like that? Everybody except Julian doesn't have breakfast. No, you've had cereal. You've had cereal, haven't you? Oh, it's not. What's that? That's for later, is it? Julian doesn't eat anything. So you offer him food. You can see him visibly colouring up. You get quite queasy, don't you, if somebody offers you food? Have you had a biscuit? Has he had a Jaffa cake? Look at it. Look. <sighs> It's got chocolate on. That's why he likes it. He, he, he likes chocolate. You like chocolate, don't you? But he doesn't eat, he, he, he doesn't eat what I call proper food. He's the sort of person you'd go out for dinner with. Not that we would, but I'm just sort of saying. And he'd just move his, pla- his, his food around the plate. You know, and you go, Julian, put it in your mouth. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He'd be sitting there moving a little bit of meat around the plate and some vegetables and things like that. I had a producer like that once. Mind you, he did have a drink problem. Not saying Julian's got a drink problem, but my, my producer was an alcoholic and he never ate anything because the drink becomes your food. So he ordered the food and then when it came there, you could see him going, mm, I'm going to be sick. And so he didn't eat anything, he just moved it around. And I said to the waiter, because it was a regular restaurant, I said, has he been before? He said, yeah, he never eats anything. He just moves it around the plate. He'll have a little mouthful every so often because he wanted the, uh, the lager. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I like Mary Portis. I can say that because I know she's probably listening. Uh, who's asked Mattel to create a lesbian version of Barbie. Plus we should have transgender Barbie too, because Ken looks a bit suspect, doesn't he? Ken with that little moustache. At one time he looked like a reject from the village people. And then they were going, oh, Ken's having a relationship with Barbie. Don't be silly. Ken was as camp as a Christmas tree. He had little floral shirts, little pair of shorts they put him in at one time. And, um... Oh, John, he went to Gatwick at 4.30am. Not PM. Well, even so, did you not have the radio on going to the airport? Because, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we, we did, you know, we, we did do it all the way. And it was all over the news at 4.30. You must have been listening to LBC, John. You must have been. You can't, how I defy anybody to sit in the car 
and not listen to LBC when you're going somewhere. I do. Sometimes I sit there. Because yesterday I get back to uh, Waterloo Station. Loads of people. I thought, here we go. The Steve Allen fan club's turned up again. And I go, no autographs, no autographs. Show at the Hippodrome, 3rd of January. Go to the website. And, um, and it turned out it was the bloke reading the Bible on the train. People now get panic-stricken over somebody reading the Bible. Mind you, slightly odd somebody reading the Bible out aloud, isn't it? Quite clearly one of those dropped-on-his-head-as-a-baby kind of situations. And then somebody else wrote in to Darren and said, would you have said the same if it had been somebody reading out of the Koran? Absolutely, of course. Of course, don't be so stupid. There's some real thick people out there, aren't there? And then there was somebody... Who was it talking about, you know, the... Um, because you get a lot of homophobia, don't you? As if there weren't such things as gay Muslims. Whereas, in fact, you go on to Google and type in gay Muslim groups, there's loads of them. Loads and loads of them. There are gay groups for just about everything. I'm not sure whether or not there'll be a gay or sort of lesbian Barbie group. I don't know, actually, really. It depends how much lesbians are attracted to plastic, you know, and sort of go... I mean, I don't, could, could Barbie be lesbian? She could be. You don't think so? She could be femme. I see no reason why that shouldn't... But then Action Man was slightly suspect. I mean, he was. I mean, seriously, he didn't have any down below bits at all. So maybe Action Man was trans. Because he had eyes that moved. Do you remember he had a little thing at the back of his head and you could move his eyes? He looked like he was cruising as far as I was concerned. He was sort of, you know, you know, you went in to show him a tank and his little eyes lit up. Didn't they? We never had stuff like that when I was younger. We had it out, but well, we didn't, you know, we didn't, we, we had toys, but we didn't, we didn't play with them. We couldn't afford stuff like that. We had to, you know, invent our own games in the garden. We didn't have anything at all like Action Men or in fact, no, we didn't have any sort of dolls or things like that. Not that it made any difference, because frankly, I couldn't have cared less. I was just as happy. What did I play with when I was a child? I was trying to think what I... You know when you go back to your childhood and they go, oh, did you collect this or collect that? And I don't think I collected anything. I played with... I had part of the Chipperfield Circus collection. And now that costs an absolute fortune. We tried to get the Chipperfield... Oh, my goodness, it's over a £1,000 to get bits and pieces of it. It's really expensive. I've got one piece brand new in a box, which a friend of mine bought me some years ago. But the whole idea was toys a long time ago you played with. Nowadays, people buy them to collect. You go to toy fairs, and I, I've tried to buy Chipperfield Circus stuff, and it's so it's so expensive, it just kind of prohibits me from buying it. Because I need what I need is a, a showcase to put things in. I want to buy a Stormtrooper outfit. There's a shop in, in Twickenham that sells the Stormtrooper thing. He was the one who took... Um, Lucas to court and won and so he makes R2-D2s and the stormtroopers they're in the window and I thought I'd quite like one of those I was going to buy one one of my one of my producers was a big Star Wars fan and for Christmas I was going to buy him a lightsaber about 400 pound I thought you'll whistle there's no chance of getting that for Christmas you know I don't mind buying a box of chocolates and sticking 50 quid in an envelope but I mean they're not having a lightsaber at 50 quid that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous you know I was thinking you know you know sort of what, what to sort of buy people this year. And I thought, it's going to be money in envelopes, isn't it? That's all it comes down to now. Thank God Julian's going before that. <laughs> Saved a bit of money on that one, I tell you. Because the new person coming in doesn't qualify. You have to be here for a certain length of time before you actually qualify for the Christmas gift. Nick Ferrari takes all his team out for lunch. But to be honest with you, I've seen him sober. There's no chance of me wanting to go out with this lot and get him drunk. It's just not worth it, is it really? And also, Julian, I reckon, would be dead cheap. I reckon a couple of Ribenas and he'd be on the floor singing bawdy songs. Yeah, the Australian would be a nightmare. 
He, he, do you know what he would have? He would have a funnel at the top of his trousers going down to a bottle fixed to his legs and he'd be pouring booze in there to take it home for later. That's what he'd be doing. A quick chorus of waltzing Matilda and that'll be it, you know, as he toddles off down the strand. But, uh, no, you've got to think about Christmas. Somebody wrote to me the other day and said, no, Christmas is miles away. It's not. The trouble is, Christmas is fun. You know, and there's so many miserable stories in the papers and so many unhappy stories that, as far as I'm concerned, anything that puts a smile on somebody's face... I couldn't give a toss about, you know, whether you think Christmas is a religious festival, which I personally don't. And it's not, you know, for any other reason apart from... I just think it's an opportunity to to give people presents and to be happy and to sort of celebrate how nice the year has been. I don't think it's got anything to do with Christianity or anything at all. I don't think so. I thought Christ was born in July anyway, by the time you've worked it out back in the calendar. So it's been hijacked, really. And then you get people going, oh, no, we have to keep Sunday special and Christmas is a time for families to be together. What happens if you don't have a family? What happens if, you know, if you've lost your family years ago and you're supposed to sit there, are you, suffering in misery while all those other lovely people go, well, we've got the family round for Christmas again. And you think, well, I haven't. So that's why we have to think of other people. So I think Christmas is a nice time. I think it's a good time, and that's why I'm here over Christmas. And 3rd of January, I'm practically the first event. Oh, and by the way, the uh, the time of Steve Allen's In Conversation at the Hippodrome on the 3rd of January is not midnight, as stated on the website, just in case you got a bit panic-stricken, thinking we'd all have to stay in a travel lodge. No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Which, actually, even by my standards, is fairly late. So, uh, But I expect people to turn up on time. Go to their website, hippodromecasino.com. And you can find out uh, seat availability. And we look forward to seeing you there. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be cut. I don't know why I'm in a particularly good mood this morning. There's no reason for it. The weather's miserable. The news is, is diabolical. Uh, monarch staff losing their jobs left, right and centre. Over in Vegas, you know, if there's one thing that's going to put people off going there, it's... I remember seeing years ago, there was a film on the television. And it was about somebody, and I can't remember what it was, but it involved a sniper. But this sniper was behind a huge billboard on a motorway going into one of the main cities in America. And he opened up a flap in the billboard and was shooting at cars. There were two people who'd just been uh, sent to prison for 30 months each. Uh, should have been 30 years. They were dropping concrete bricks off motorways onto people's cars. I always worry about that. If I drive down the motorway, I do go under bridges and I do look up. If I see people under there, I'm inclined to change lanes. I don't know why. There's no logical reason for it, apart from these two buffoons who have been sent off. I mean, potential murderers, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you drop a concrete blocks through uh, through somebody's window. And as far as I'm concerned, you go to prison for a long, 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 long time. Uh, Steve says, uh, somewhat muted, bearing in mind the events that have recently taken place in Vegas. I know. And uh, Sanjay says, did your producer become an alcoholic whilst working for you? Uh, no, he was he was actually Clive Bull's producer before me. Clive Bull's producer before me, which was which was interesting. But I'd never I've talked about this before because I was never aware of what it was like to work with somebody who has a drink problem. And this is bearing in mind this is this is thirty five years ago. This is a long time ago when people in Fleet Street drinking was considered the norm, and so people. People didn't think about it. Literally, people were sort of thinking about, you know, can we deal with somebody like this? And the answer is they didn't know what to do because everybody was doing it. You know, you had pubs in in Fleet Street, which were open, you know, till five in the morning, six in the morning, I think, some of them. They weren't necessarily pubs, they were bars. 
and so people drank and um and he just he just got into the mindset of drinking and it and it was it it wasn't so much sad it was more difficult because if you're somebody who and I didn't drink at the time, which sounds bizarre, but I really wasn't. And I'm, I've kind of gone back on myself. I've been through a phase of, you know, I enjoyed social drinking and party drinking and drinking with with meals and stuff like that. Now I've, con- I've kind of gone round the other way again and I've gone. I'm not really bothered about about drink. In fact, sometimes I think about it because, you know, me and Prose- I think I've single handedly saved the Prosecco industry. And I'm sort of thinking do I want to uh, to drink? And I probably will drink at Christmas, but not a lot. I never do. Everybody at Christmas goes, oh, it's a great opportunity. You sit down, you have... Bu-. And I'm thinking, no. Why? Because I have to drive. And if there's one thing I would never do, it's drink and drive or even get anywhere near a car. But I can understand the problems that some people have with it. Uh, Dean says, uh, sad what's happened in uh, Vegas, but I can't see there'll be any restrictions. America will just tell others to uh, mind their own business. Well, you can go round loads of places in Vegas and buy guns over the counter. I've seen a lot of those uh, places where you go in and you pawn things and people pawn guns or they buy guns. And it seems to be quite an easy thing to do. They have their own galleries there so you can learn to shoot and I'm assuming that people buy guns. Over here, you can be a member of a gun club. What what the vetting procedure is, I've got no idea. I'm assuming it must be pretty high, because there is that danger when they've had knife amnesties and gun amnesties, the amount of guns. They reckon that one of the guns that this man used in Vegas was an adapted gun, so it could fire off lots and lots of shots. But he was on the, what was it, the 32nd floor or something like that. Either way... The, the poor people down on the ground didn't have the faintest idea. They were just coming out of a concert. But how was he able to walk into a hotel with a gun? And the answer is because there's no security for things like that. It could have been anything. I mean, I don't, well, I don't know what the security would have thought it would have been. But I've, I've been past Mandalay Bay. I know it, it's one of the older hotels down there. There's, I mean, the whole of Vegas, I should imagine, is a bit of a danger. But you don't find casinos being held up or that kind of thing. You know, that, that seems a little bit far-fetched, mainly because people are so worried about who's actually running Vegas. And you don't want to fall foul of uh, people who work on the other side, as it were. And so you don't get that. You get people who try and cheat the casinos by doing an inside job. But you don't get hold-ups in casinos, as you probably might have done years and years ago in in a place where there would be a lot of money floating around. Now, whether or not this man was a gambler and had lost a load of money, I've got no idea. I'm also quite grateful that I'm not a gambling addict. It doesn't bother me. But I know people who do. I was speaking to some friends of mine the other day, actually, who will remain nameless because they might be listening to the programme. And I said, you before we knew about this, I said, you need to go to Vegas. I said, it's amazing. I said, but, you know, keep yourself away from the gambling. And they said they couldn't. They thought it would be really, really difficult to keep because they enjoy gambling over here. They go to betting shops and stuff like that. And I said, could you not just not gamble? I realise that it's, it's probably a little bit more difficult in Vegas because literally from the moment you get off the plane at the airport, there are terminals where you can gamble all the way through hundreds and hundreds, thousands probably machines. You go to Vegas, they're on the streets. There are all the casinos are open. You can walk straight in. And that's all you hear, the sound of bells and whistles and bing, 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 and money pouring out of machines and stuff like that. That's all you hear. So I suppose it becomes addictive. For me, it doesn't. I'm, I like the bright lights and I like the, the whole concept, but I'm not bothered about losing them. I'm a bit mean. Not tight, 
In fact, I'm, you know, I'm the last person you would ever consider tight. It's just it doesn't interest me. I don't, I don't quite get it. You know, somebody's sitting there. They did a programme on gambling years and years ago, and they had various people sitting in casinos. One bloke flow, uh, flew in, and he did it twice a year. He sold mattresses, I think, and beds. So they flew him in because he was a big gambler, and he would sit there all by himself in the pit, just him and a dealer, dealing cards. There was nobody else playing with him, and he wanted to gamble, and sometimes he would win. And sometimes he'd lose. More often, he would lose. So his room, his food, his drinks, everything was, was complimentary. But I just thought it seemed a lonely existence. People sort of sitting there, you know, all by themselves playing. You might as well just sit at home and play on the computer. But it's, it's obviously very addictive, and people do lose. You know, when they, when they talk about people losing their shirt, they mean they've lost their shirt. They've, they've lost everything. They've gambled it because it's so addictive. I would never gamble everything on a machine. It's a machine. It's programmed. The clue is in the word machine. It knows exactly what it's doing. It knows what you're going to do. If you go red, it's going to go black. If you go, oh, it says 11. Well, it's definitely going to be lower, isn't it? It puts up 12. It's a machine. It, it preempts what you think you're going to do. It, it knows all about that. And so that's why I'm, I'm very dubious over, over anything at all. Uh, Joe says, I had a driver, mate, that had a very large snowball pushed off a bridge and came through the truck windscreen. Kids ran off. Yes, I mean, I've actually, I've actually seen kids not doing it, but they've, uh, they've come from certain, certain areas. And uh, somebody says, Mr M has the full Stormtrooper outfit. How lovely. I'm a little bit jealous, actually. Of so- I don't know where I'd put it. I don't know where all my friends would be going. Don't be so silly, Steve. Just something else to worry about. But uh, if I had a big, big house, if tonight, for example, I won £167 million on the lottery, I would be buying a bigger house with a Stormtrooper outfit. Although I know damn well I'd come back from a night out in the town, walk through the door and frighten the life out of myself because I'd be seeing a Stormtrooper there. Uh, I like you, love Christmas. And as you say, it really isn't long now. On Friday, it's 80 days to Christmas. Please don't think I'm sad to be counting the days, Steve. But thank you for being so great. I wish I could see you in the, uh, in the. I think it's in the in the flesh actually, or in the in the street or a shop like some people do. Says Vanessa, I'm constantly being spotted. It's almost like what's that program where you look at a picture and you go, "Is it Where's Willie?" or something like that. Wally, where's Wally? It's a bit like Where's Steve? And people go, "It's you." I know. With the last, I, I don't think a day goes by where I don't get, uh, or I don't get somebody who goes, "You're Steve Allen," and you think, "I think I am." I think I am. Uh, so don't forget, we've got um, we've got the um, the phone in to uh, to raise some money for make some noise with a great incentive. If you didn't hear yesterday's program, it is a great incentive. We've already done holiday to New York, which runs until the sixth. Uh, the holiday to Barbados, all inclusive, everything. And this week, I'm not going to tell you, just in case you didn't listen to yesterday's program, and it's a bit of a surprise. And then I am doing also to raise money for make some noise. And all the money raised goes to make some noise. And that's uh, my show at the Hippodrome. And there'll be lots of regular people there. You'll know loads of people by name. You'll probably even know a lot of the people because they uh, they post pictures up on Facebook and things like that. And I think Jan's coming in from the Queens in Hornchurch. First place we ever did a show. And Bridget's going to be there. Minus dogs, I suspect. And uh, Noreen will be there. And I hope Neil will be there. And little Julie is going to be there. Loads of people. And uh, they all turn up. And it's, it's actually quite a nice, intimate setting at the Hippodrome Theatre. I don't know how many it holds. Is it about 200 or something like that? 180? Whatever it is, it's, it's, it's very nice and it's very intimate. And, uh, and you'll love it. And so that's in January. 
I always maintain that 200, is it? Always maintain if you, if you buy, buy the tickets now, then you kind of forget about it, and then you sort of put it on the back burner, as opposed to doing it nearer the time, which might be a little bit more difficult. So it's the 3rd of January, and if you go to the Hippodrome's website, which is hippodromecasino.com, they've got the details on there, and I look forward to seeing you on the 3rd of January, which is a Wednesday. So I can be your start to the new year, and then you could tell me all the things you thought about the programme. Which is OK. Uh, meet the Markles. Yes, Meghan Markle's family. Some of them are in the paper today. It's what's commonly known in the business as a bit of a mixed bag. I think that would describe it quite well. Uh, also, uh, booze dares wins. Stars go on the run in TV pursuit of a fee, I'm assuming. And the Maddie cop who said, actually, we're chasing some more clues linked to a paedophile. No kidding. After all this time, they finally come round to clues linked to a paedophile. You know, in the hunt for the uh, the person who abducted or whatever with Madeleine McCann. Because that's what we don't know, do we? We don't know what we're looking for. don't think they know what they're looking for either. Uh, also, the Strictly judges aren't lost for words. They're cha-cha-cheesy. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 25 minutes to five. It's Tuesday. It's the 3rd of October. It is frightening, isn't it? I don't. I really, I don't know where the uh, where the time goes. Uh, Fiona on the BBC. That's uh, Fiona. Fiona Bruce. Is she the one who does the Antiques Roadshow thing, and the news? That's right. Is she the one who tried to interview Prince Philip and he wiped the floor with her? She was doing her flirty, flirty bit, and he wasn't. He wasn't buying it at all. I could. I could see what she was doing immediately. You know, thinking if I sit here and go mm, a bit like um, who did it with Prince Andrew? Oh, Selena Scott. When she was covering for Wogan ages ago, I remember watching it thinking, oh, this is so naff. And she was sort of doing her koi, 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 kind of little bits and pieces. And Andrew was sort of falling for it. In the case of Prince Philip, he didn't fall for it at all with Fiona Bruce. He was sort of being quite, not antagonistic, but you could tell he was, he was well aware of what was going on. Biggest ever jackpot tonight. You can play fantasy lottery. We all do it. What would you do with £167 million? Wee! Don't know what you do. I mean, at one time, I'd have gone to Vegas. I'm not too sure about wanting to go to Vegas at the moment. Thank you very much indeed. Um, how you deal with something like that, I've got no idea. What's worse? What's worse? Out of, apart from, you know, the loss of life and the injured who now run into a few hundred, is the fact that the person who perpetrated the crime um, took their own life. So you're never going to get any answers. You won't know why they why they did it. Did he have a grudge against... But, well, I mean, what was his, his grudge against these people? And the answer is, he obviously was sick in the head. Otherwise, why would you do something like that? There's no, there's no logical reason. He didn't know these people. Perhaps he couldn't buy a ticket. or It'll be something stupid, but you'll never know. You can only make things up. You'll have to find the, uh, the wife or the girlfriend or whatever she is who disappeared abroad, but they found her, uh, and find out what, what he was going through. He had 20, 20 guns at home. He was obviously some sicko, wasn't he? And so, you know, people, there'd be people in wheelchairs who were gunned down. And he was on the 32nd floor. I mean, these, these rifles seem to go a long way, don't they? But they think it was a machine gun that had been adapted. But that's what I say. I mean, you know, you would, you would want to go over there. But I, you just feel immense sympathy for these people. It's like the people of France. I felt immense sympathy for the people of France who've had one terrorist explosion. I love the way that ISIS, sad little bunch of girls' blouses, jump on the bandwagon and go, oh, um, he, he was acting for us. No, he wasn't. 
nothing at all to do with terrorism. They just sort of say yes to everything, thinking that people will believe it. But as I say, when you're dealing with a bunch of perverts like ISIS, there's, uh, you can't believe anything that they say. And so it was nothing to do with them at all. But it's just that you want to know what it was. Did he have, I suppose it w- we will discover, won't we, that he maybe had huge gambling debts or he'd been turned away from a club or a casino? Because that happens all the time. Especially especially in Vegas. The one thing they're very hot on is underage people on the floor. They have spotters and they go round the tables. If somebody looks, you can't even stand there and watch. They don't want you on the floor at all. They will ask you to leave and you'll be escorted if you don't go. So if you're going over there and there's a group of you and you're 18, 19, you can't even go on the casino floor. They, they, you can't even walk through it. They don't, they don't want you there. It's 21 to drink. 21. To be on the casino floor, 21. You can't, you know, it's they're, they're really hot on it because they could lose their licences. I've never heard of somebody losing their licence, but I'm sure they actually would do. Also, should upmarket clubs and restaurants let people turn up in trainers? No. It's an absolute no-no. I'm sorry. I couldn't care less whether they cost £300, £400 or 20 quid. No, you do not turn up in trainers. That means you're very common very chavvy. Unless, of course, you've got bad feet, in which case then you shouldn't go out at all. You just have to stay at home. Because I see people getting... And the one thing I've noticed, you get on the train at Waterloo or off the train, and there's people looking very smart in their suits with trainers on. They've obviously got their sort of... their smart shoes in a little bag with them. They can't walk in them, so they just sort of... They just carry them with them in a little carrier bag or something. It's very odd. So you see people walking along in trainers. Chavs. Really dreadful. Uh, Also, the drunk flyer thrown off the plane because he was making uh, comments to the steward about queer boy and things like that, inferring that the steward, God forbid, might actually have been gay because you get a lot of gay trolley dollies. You know, I don't know why. I've often tried to work out... I know loads of people who, who fly who are gay. And you often think, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to fly up in the air and, and be a troll? Anyway, this, this bloke gets on. He was, you, know, you, you could tell by looking at a picture of him, he's a bit of a plank. He's a bit of a sad, lonely little person. I thought he was being clever. He's drunk. He shouldn't even have got as far as the plane. He should have been turned away. And uh, he made comments about queer boy. Nobody calls people queer anymore. Even queers don't call each other queer anymore. It's just ridiculous. But he, he was obviously a bit sad. Perhaps he, perhaps, he, perhaps he was a bit leaning to the left himself. Or as I prefer to say, perhaps he rides a bicycle side saddle. Get my drift. And so they, they then throw him off the plane. They shouldn't have allowed him on the plane in the first place. Somebody has a, a few drinks. It's ridiculous. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the, um, the, the bloke reading the Bible on the train. People got out. They turned the power off and people got out of the train because they thought something was going to happen. The first time something's ever happened where they've read the Bible. Normally it's not that at all. Uh, also, robots are stealing jobs in the North. Because robots are trained to do everything. There is a radio station in America, uh, all run by robots. Well, it's, it's, it's a voice chip. And what happens is, it's, it's just got idents. And it can give time checks. It can do anything like that. It's all, it's all programmed. And it's terribly clever. It's here as well. It's here as well. I know a radio station which, uh, which is totally automatic. After the breakfast show finishes, the station becomes automatic. You would never know that there wasn't somebody there pushing buttons and sliding faders up and stuff like that. It's just totally automatic. So clever. So, so clever. Uh, also, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the, um, the people grounded by Monarch. I couldn't believe that I was watching people moaning about it. I did say yesterday. I was hoping that people wouldn't turn up at the airport and then start moaning at the poor Monarch staff 
uh, through no fault of their own, they have to put up with the brunt of ill-mannered, ignorant members of the public who are sort of shouting obscenities at them. You've ruined our holiday, you've ruined our wedding, you've done this, you're doing... Like it was their fault. Like it was their fault. No, no sort of indication of, I'm terribly sorry you've lost your job, but uh, somebody screwed up our... Well, kind of tough. You can go and get married somewhere else. So you've lost a few hundred pounds. Well, girly you. You know, these poor people have lost their jobs. A couple of thousand of them. You know, they aren't exactly going to be going, well, whoopee-doo. They've got to put up with ignorant little so-and-sos like the ones we saw on the television. Uh, The farmer suing his uh, family for a cut of his father's will. His father, he says, had dementia and he took him out of the will. I've seen this before. And it is that, I mean, I've done a will. I advise everybody to do a will. The reason being, at the end of your life, when it comes to dividing stuff up, if you want to make a bequest to certain people, you've got to put it in writing. You can't just not put it in writing. So I've, I've done a will. Makes it, and I would expect it to be adhered to. I would expect it to, the, the, the bank are going to administer my will. Not that there's more money than, than God, but it's a case of, you know, I just want to make sure it's all done properly. I don't want anybody to argue about money. You know, to actually get some money is nice. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. I just sort of think, uh, you know, it's nice to get something in somebody's will. I'm just waiting for somebody to phone me up and go, by the way, your great aunt Winifred, I don't have a great aunt Winifred, has just died and she owned a diamond mine in South Africa. De Beers want to buy it for 550 million. <laughs> I'll be over there like a shot. I promise you. Uh, also, one hour's worth of exercise can beat the blues. If you're feeling a little bit... And people do. In this weather that we have at the moment, you're getting seasonal affected disorder because it's not bright enough. And a lot of people get very fed up with it. Go, oh, I just can't be bothered. It makes me feel a bit, a bit dreary. And I want something. Exercise, apparently, gets the endorphins going and that makes you feel a bit better. Because I can understand how sort of people get to a certain age. I was watching a guy the other day and he was getting on and off the bus with his wife. And he was on uh, like a little thing that he hung on to to sort of wheel him about. And uh, and he was quite clearly in a bad way. And when he when they got off the bus, another woman, an elderly woman, who also looked like she could have done with one of these trolleys, said to another woman, she said, she said, and you thought your life was bad. She said, look how well they've actually done together. And it's true, isn't it? You all see people and you think, you know, that must be awful when you're trying to struggle with walking or sitting or getting in and out of baths or doing all sorts. I just want a bath. Actually, I don't want a bath. I just want a shower. That's all I want. I don't ask for anything else in life. I'm praying that when I go to the hospital today, they might sort of go, well, next week, all things being equal, you can have a shower. Yes. But I bet you anything, they won't let me have the shower head on it because it might be too powerful. And it'll be, you know, because it might sort of blow the stitches or something like that. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, the package holiday in decline. In my day, package holiday was all, it was everything. Package holiday do Lorette Lamar. That was exciting, wasn't it? I did a package holiday with a friend of mine. Terry Hackwell and me went on holiday years and years ago. I think it was about six quid each. That included the flights, hotel for four days. We'd never been away on holiday before. It was all... Where the money came from, I've got no idea. Must have saved it, I suppose. Uh, also, uh, Trump has been attacked for turning a blind eye to the lax gun laws. Anybody can get a gun. You just lie. Listen, over here, people get hold of knives and people get hold of guns and they get hold of all sorts of uh, weapons. Uh, Also, pretentious, overpriced and full of townies. Where would that be? Again, think about it. Pretentious, overpriced and full of townies. Farm shops. Farm shops. I'm saying, do you have any of these, you know, I don't think anybody would know if their stuff was organic or not. All you've got to do is what? 
artisan bread. It's the same kind of thing. I think that what you could do is you could go out to a farmer's market and you can go organically grown vegetables. You just get some vegetables, get a bit of earth, throw it over it and you go... Uh, Nobody would know the difference. I defy anybody. It's not like drinking champagne or wine. You cannot tell the difference. And people go, "Uh, I think you'll find these are organic carrots. Really? Why would you think that, dear? The answer is they don't know. But if somebody said, it's like artisan bread. What does that mean? It means that you can sell it for three or four quid a loaf. But artisan coffee. Yeah, I saw an artisan coffee thing the other day. We've got artisan coffee. I thought, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. Artisan ice cream. All that kind of stuff. But it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But I defy anybody. I've often said to people, just, just put down, just put a bit of earth on something. And they go, oh, is, is that organic? And you go, it certainly is. That's why it's a bit more expensive than the usual stuff. And they go, oh, I'll buy that then. That's why it's pretentious. You can, it, it's like the emperor's new clothes, isn't it? You can persuade some people to part with their money. It's easily done. So plums, where are they from? From our farm. You know, that's what people say. And they go, oh, do you have a farm? Yes, absolutely, in Kent. And we grow our own plums and apples and everything else. Oh, right. That's either a little bit more expensive. But, I mean, I think, seriously, I think you'll find it's worth it. And the asparagus, where, 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 where's that from? The farm. Yeah, it, it's sort of, and, and the rhubarb is forced. It's my favourite line. Forced rhubarb. <laughs> grow, you so-and-so. <laughs> don't want to grow. I don't want to grow. I don't want to be rhubarb. And they sort of, I think I should open a farm shop, yes. Forced rhubarb. You get it in the early part of the year. And the reason is it's sort of grown under candlelight. So it, uh, it sort of grows. It comes from abroad, you know. Nobody knows the difference. Seriously, you can go and buy. I remember seeing somebody years and years ago, and I said, oh, are, these, are these British? Because we wanted to buy British. We were very keen on buying British in this country. And this bloke went out, and what did he sell? I think he sold car parts on a market store. And he had a roll of buy British stickers, and he just peeled them off and stuck them on everything. So it looked like it was British. So where does it come from? It's a China. I said... So do people buy it because they think it's British? said, of course they do. If you saw a buy British sticker, you go, that must... You could just go and buy them. It's like I could go and buy, if I wanted to today, a traffic warden outfit. I could go and buy, and not that I want to be a traffic warden, but if I wanted to, I could go and buy a traffic warden outfit and go out there and start going, right, car number down. And somebody go, what are you doing? You go, I'm giving you a ticket, sir. You're parked illegally. Please don't. Give us a tenner and I'll say nothing. <laughs> You could do, seriously, you could buy anything. I've even seen it. It's, I mean, at the moment, it's a fancy dress outfit accessory, uh, a traffic warden. You can get police, you know, cops fa- fancy dress. It's, uh, you can also get uh, prank tickets, parking tickets. Admittedly, you have to read it to realise that uh, it's what, one, driving like a lunatic, parking in two spaces, inventing a parking space, parking in my space, too stupid to drive a car, too ugly. I think that should be it. People should be stopped. Yes, sir. You'd like to pull in here? Thank you. What have you stopped me for, officer? You're too unattractive, sir, to be driving a car. Sorry? You're too unattractive. Oh, it's not me. It's the mother-in-law. Take her, please. Somebody. That's what you could do now. You can buy all these things. I used to know somebody who did clamping. And what they would do is they would actually... And then they gave up clamping because it was too much hassle. They don't even do it in London now. They don't clamp. They give a ticket. Because why should you be bothered putting the clamp on? Somebody's got to come out, take the clamp away. So they just give you a ticket, pay it within a certain amount of time. And they just stick it on the car. And then some people think they're being really clever by ripping it up. They go, don't worry, they've got a photograph of it on the car. You're going to be done anyway. And of course, if you don't pay it first time round, that £100 ticket magically climbs up to about £600. And then the bailiffs come in. And that's when we get a television programme. And that's when we... Have a little bit of a smile. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. Eight minutes to five is the time. Tuesday, 3rd of October. Busy season, actually, for restaurants. Tony Paledri. Uh, it's going to be very busy this Christmas, I should imagine. This is this is the time that all the restaurants, and especially in Soho, which is where uh, Little Italy is, uh, is going to be terribly busy because they book in all the the parties and uh, the stag nights and the hen nights and everything else. I mean, it's a busy area around there anyway. So I should imagine Tony's diary is looking looking ever burgeoning at the moment, even though we are only in October. People start booking up for Christmas. Uh, morning, Steve, says little Julie. Looking forward to the Hippodrome. Great fun last time. Belated happy birthday to Tom and Gemma, who are Tracy's twins, turned 21 yesterday. God, honestly, happy days. Imagine turning 21. I can't remember 21. Oh, I, ta- I can, actually. I got taken to the theatre. I went to see Michael Crawford at the Theatre Royal, Drury Lane, in Billy, which was a Billy liar. Uh, uh, Kay in Hitchin, Hertfordshire, says, I'm having a silly night, not asleep yet. Why does that happen? Too many things to think about. If, if, you, if you're not sleeping, you've either got a lot to think about uh, or you're sort of uh, over, over tired. Because yesterday, when I, when I got back in, I was a bit tired. Because I'd woken up last night at about half past ten. Not last the night before, but half past ten. So I got in and I sort of faffed around on the computer, did a few little bits and pieces. And, um, and so I, um, I sort of had a little lie down. And it was lovely. But I've discovered I can nap for half an hour now and I wake up feeling great, which was good. Mel says, after being so disappointed at not getting tickets to your show last year, I'm so pleased as I got tickets to see you in January. There you go. I am so excited, says Mel. Oh, you'll like it. It's, it's, it's terribly, uh, terribly pleasant. Terribly pleasant, he says. It's a nice evening. Last year I had Alid Jones introducing me. But I think Alid's really chock-a-block this year. Uh, Steve, yesterday a man phoned up LBC to complain about leaving his home at 1am to travel to his monarch flight. His disappointment was worsened by the fact that his two boys, aged 7 and 8, were terribly upset to have their holiday cancelled. I suppose they uh, they uh, they would be, really. I don't, I don't know what else. What a cheek the boys should be at school. Well, I'm assuming if they're, if they're 7 and 8, they've been taken out of school to go on holiday. But also, when you say to somebody, I would have thought you'd look on it as an adventure. You know, would would you not? I can understand that people would be going, oh, I don't think this is good at all. This is really annoying. You know, we've sort of saved. There was a woman who'd saved up for ages. She was at Gatwick, I think. And uh, she was on the television going, it's absolutely disgraceful. You know, this is it. I've saved up for all this time and now we're not going on holiday. You think, well, yeah, but you can go another time, go with another company. Try and be a little bit less selfish and start thinking about the people who've lost their blooming jobs. That's what I'd worry about. 84850 Steve at lbc.co.uk. Still to come, uh, my uh, my lovely Make Some Money for Global's Make Some Noise competition, uh, which I'll tell you about in about... Actually, I'll tell you about in about half an hour, just in case. You might be a new listener to the programme thinking, what does this bloke do on the radio? What does, does he just talk about things in the newspapers? Yep, we will, after six o'clock, be going to Vegas Talk to our reporter over there to find out the uh, the late how they're coming to terms with that. I've got no idea. You know, we just tend to we tend to just go. Oh, it's another news item. We tend to not think about the families who are affected. People who've gone over there and uh, they were looking forward to uh, to a nice holiday, and then something like this happens. Fifty nine people shot dead. Fifty nine people shot dead and over two hundred people injured. As the Daily Stars say, the machine gun massacre. Uh, the shooter. Uh, is Stephen Paddock. He's not a terrorist. He's nothing like that. They don't know what he is, but he then turned the gun on himself, which, of course, I'm eternally grateful for. But it doesn't solve anything because we don't know 
do we? I want to know why he did it. I want to know why he felt it necessary to take, you know, couldn't care less if he wants to take his own life, that's his, uh, his business, but to take other people's lives who he didn't even know. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to somebody? Uh, 750,000 hit by the air firm Axe. These are people hit by uh, Monarch, who went bust yesterday. 110,000 stranded overseas. But they will get you back. If you're leaving from this country, you're not going anywhere. You're not flying. They're not rescheduling. You're not doing the holiday. You're not doing anything at all. Uh, when you look at the Mandalay Bay and you look how far up the building his, his window was, it's a long way. I mean, seriously, a long way. And so how did he get this arsenal into the hotel room? How is this? I mean, he had this Stephen Paddock. He owned a string of expensive cars and two planes. He had no criminal record at all. He seemed to be just an ordinary person. But quite clearly, he wasn't. Quite clearly, he wasn't. His, uh, his brother, Eric, says that uh, his 64-year-old must have just snapped or something when he opened fire with assault rifles without mercy. They actually found in the room ten weapons, including several machine guns, in the hotel room. He lived in a spacious retirement home, 278,000, because that's what a lot of people do. They go to Vegas to retire. And uh, it's one here which has got, you know, golf course, indoor and outdoor swimming pools and a gym. His girlfriend, 62, who's called Mary Lou Danley, described herself on Facebook as a proud mum and grandma who lives life to the fullest. And uh, she thanks God for everything that she's got in her life, and then he does that. He does that. Goes down in, in history. But when you look about how far away he was from, uh, from shooting, I mean, it's just amazing. Apparently, uh, he also said their father was a bank robber who was once on the most wanted list. This is, the, uh, this is Eric Paddock, the, uh, the brother. So he was a, uh, described the shooter as a multimillionaire property developer. Well, he can't have been. He was living in a retirement home worth 278000 Mind you, I think most people in Vegas live in the, the land of, uh, of fantasy and of make-believe, don't they? Everybody wants to pretend that they're really rich and, you know, they're very, very successful. Whereas, in fact, you know, a lot of people are trying to live out their dreams and the dream is to win big on a fruit machine or gambling. I don't think you're ever going to get rich on a fruit machine. They've got a million-dollar fruit machine, but every casino's got something like that. So at the end of the day, what you want to do is sort of play cards, I suppose. But uh, I'm, I'm really not interested. I'm so glad I'm not interested. It's funny that, isn't it? Other people are going, oh, did you never gamble? The answer is yes, I did. I did. I used to play fruit machines when I was young. At 16, 17, I was going into pubs. I didn't drink. I'd just go in there to play the, the fruit machine. And, uh, and then I kind of grew out of it. And now, if I've got money in my uh, pocket... It stays there. Thank you very much indeed. How much longer to get rid of the pound coins? I don't think it's too much longer. Three I got given the other day. Three blasted old pound coins. I nearly gave them back saying, can I have some of the new ones, please? You get rid of the other ones. Coming up to the news at five o'clock, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. You are very, very welcome this morning. It's nice to have your company. Uh, nicer to have your company. If uh, these people were still alive over in America, 59 people have died. The Daily Mail asks what turned Mr Normal in inverted commas, into a mass killer. The answer is he was obviously always a mass killer. It's just that it didn't manifest itself. Uh, almost killed by a bite from a spider. Some bloke puts his dressing gown on. Oh, don't, makes me cringe. And there's a spider lurking in there, and it bites him, and he's fighting for his life. Uh, farmer suing the family after being cut out of his father's will, and at the end of next week, the deadline for the old pound coins, Sunday the 15th of October. Start going through if you save money... Get rid. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. Tuesday, 3rd of October. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. With you till 7, then Nick Ferrari at Tory party conference, day two. It was certainly interesting yesterday, and uh, you'll hear more from Nick this morning, and we'll tell you a little bit later on. I think the Prime Minister is going to be joining uh, Nick for this morning. And then we've got the uh, the Libs conference, haven't we? Is that... Oh, they, they've had theirs, have they? That went by very quickly, didn't it? How, how easy. Scottish nationalists. Oh, lovely. Great. Mary Portas in the papers today. Mary wants Mattel to create lesbian Barbie. I think that, I think it's because she looks a little bit like Mary Portas. I think Barbie looks like... Obviously, Mary's the slightly bigger version of, uh, of Barbie. But uh, a friend of mine collects Barbies. He's a bloke. He's gay, admittedly, but I think you can be straight and collect Barbie. You get sort of collectors of dolls. And he collects it. Because we went onto the internet once to see if we could buy... Uh, wedding day Barbie and we bought one and it was really cheap and it arrived admittedly the packaging was a little bit naff but I mean the Barbie itself was sort of was sort of complete and people love collecting things like that oh, they just sound like dust collectors don't they dust collectors so we didn't bother with that uh, also the shopper who got a hilarious reply in rap uh, after using Cockney rhyming slang to complain to Marks and Spencers and somebody very cleverly wrote back and uh, I'll read that for you as well uh, 30 months in jail over the motorway slab attacks, two planks, two sad, lonely little boys who are now spending time residing at Her Majesty's pleasure. Although, to be honest with you, I don't think there's any pleasure in it at all. The drunken flyer thrown off the plane for the queer boy rant at a steward. You'd have to be pretty drunk to do that, wouldn't you? I mean, to be honest with you, I think things like that, they just stand there and smile and go, bye-bye, and push a little button and the, the seat just vanishes completely and then it slides back in again like some James Bond film, and they go, where did so-and-so go? No idea, not a clue. Uh, the Strictly judges, not lost for words, they're cha-cha-cheesy. It's doing very well in the ratings. But there again, it would, wouldn't it? Because you've all got to decide, and people bet on it. Whereas nobody bets on the X Factor. I've not seen anybody in the X Factor that kind of rocks my boat. But uh, I suppose it's Debbie McGee. I think uh, James O'Brien's put money on Debbie McGee winning. Whereas I'd be inclined to maybe go somebody else. I, th- I think Debbie stands, stands a very good chance of going quite a long way with it. Uh, also, the preacher of doom on the train, he started reciting the Bible. You get these mad people, you know, and they are mad, make no mistake about it. They are completely mad as fruitcakes, and they just stand on a train and start reading things out, which is uh, slightly odd. You know, why not in a church? You've got no idea. The Daily Mail asking that big question, what turned Mr Normal, in inverted commas, into a mass killer? US's worst ever mass shooting. We'll be looking at that just after the news at six o'clock this morning. And uh, the thousands grounded by Monarch. You know, they've uh, gone into administration. That means they're not going to rise like the phoenix from the ashes. Okay, they've finished. Monarch is dead. Your holiday is dead. Your flights are dead. We advised people yesterday, don't go to the airport. People still went to the uh, to the airport. Uh, Also, um, the streets where the typical home costs over a million pounds. I mean, that's, have you been to Bishop's Avenue in London, in Hampstead? Every house would average £40 million, And they're literally standing side by side. One woman bought a £60 million house to knock it down to build up something else. Some of them are just, you know, because the, the site is worth so much money. Bishop's Avenue is very famous. You know, it's, it's worth it on a sort of a nice day to just go and have a drive and look at how the other half live. Who the other half are, I've got no idea. I've never spoken to anybody who lives on Bishop's Avenue. But it's mansion after mansion after mansion. There's 66 houses in the street, and they're all they're all big. And there's all sorts of people, business magnates. I think uh, you've got philanthropists. The industrialist uh, 
Lakshmi Mittal. Uh, Andy Paniartu is there. Billy Butlin used to live there. Dame Gracie Fields, Katie Boyle, Peter Saunders, Richard Desmond, I believe, has got uh, got a place there. I mean, it's actually better known, Sultan of Brunei, but he's got places everywhere. Better known than Buckingham Palace. Although, to be honest with you, I'd rather have Buckingham Palace. But there's one house, Heath Hall, which was originally on the market for 100 million, later sold for 25 million. And then what people do is they just knock it down and put something else up in its place. I don't know why you'd want to live there next to loads of other people. I would have thought that, you know, because the, the Bishop's Avenue, there are loads of developments going on. What am I looking at? What? Oh, right. We've just heard. Do you remember we heard on the news a moment ago about Tom Petty? Well, we've now had it confirmed. He has just died. Tom Petty has just died. Now, I'm waiting for some confirmation on that. Uh, they appear to be running with it, so they're obviously thinking because he wasn't dead. First of all, he, he died, then he wasn't dead. Now they're saying he has died. That's just come in, we think, from the from the hospital. We'll have an update on that uh, very, very shortly on the news. So the rock singer Tom Petty has died. I don't know how old he was. 66, was he? Got no age at all, is it? And what did he die of? Do we know? Is there anything? Was it some heart attack? So it's just been confirmed that Tom Petty has has died. More on that coming up on uh, on LBC this morning. So just going back onto those uh, onto those uh, houses. It's nothing that you can go out to Surrey, and you can spend twenty nine million, which apparently is about cut off price in Surrey. The, the houses there go from you know twenty million up to thirty million, and for that you get a place in about two or three acres, which you know you don't want anything bigger than that, do you? Underground parking. These are all brand new build mansions. Uh, marble floors, marble bathrooms, everything stunning. Uh, in town, 25, 30 million. Doesn't get you a whole heap of house. But if I won 167 million, which is what it is on Euro Millions, I don't think there's any chance of anybody winning the thing. But if you were lucky enough to win it, you'd give some money to, to charity. You'd do something, I think, uh, sort of payback time. And, um, and then you'd look around for a nice trophy house. That's what I'd want. Kevin the Milkman says the parking fines on my round are 130 quid now. Reduced to £65 if paid on time. Go on, I must say. It's like they're doing you a favour, Kev, isn't it, really? Sometimes there are no parking spaces for me to park, usually full of Uber cars who won't move. So I have to park for 30 seconds or a minute illegally. No, no, no giving us, he says, a couple of minutes anymore. Find straight away. Oh, and they're putting the Christmas lights up in Oxford Street already. Keep Christmas in December, he says. Bar humbuck. <laughs> I think anybody who listens to my programme and who's listened for any length of time knows exactly how crackers I am over Christmas. Everybody knows that. You know, you have to, you have to sort of... If, if you listen to the programme and you've heard it on more than a few occasions, any time around, you know, October, you know that I just love Christmas. It's a, it's a childhood thing. I can't help it. I'm just, I just like that time of year. I want snow, I want decorations, I want trees, I want glitter. I want, well, not necessarily glitter, but I want, I want the whole thing. I can't help it, it's just me. Jason says, beg, borrow or steal a ticket to see Prism at the Hampstead Theatre starring Robert Lindsay. Saw it Saturday. Superb. There you go. I think Steve Allen's show at the Hippodrome is going to get rave reviews again. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Thank you, Jason, very much indeed. I didn't get the link, incidentally. I think that sort of disappeared. David in Vauxhall says, I have two Christmas puddings from Lidl and Marks and Spencer's from last year. Will they be OK? Yes. If they've got booze in, yes. They've got to have booze in. It's the booze which is the preservative. 
And so that keeps it going. Yeah, I've, I mean, I know people who've had Christmas puddings for years. Donkey's years. Or failing that, if it's, if it's sealed, you could, you could probably add booze to it, couldn't you? But uh, Marks and Spencer's one should have booze in. Although we did discover, do you remember some years ago, we had to take Marks and Spencer's to, uh, to task and give them a slap on the back of the legs for over-exaggerating. We bought some mince pies, described as having lashings of brandy. Their idea of lashings of brandy wasn't enough to actually even warrant an extended sell-by date. Whereas the Walker's mince pies, which have Glenfiddich in, you get an extended sell-by date of months. Marks and Spencer's lashings of brandy and port was just a blatant lie. There were no lashings of it at all. The, uh, the sell-by dates were well before Christmas. Uh, looking forward to the Hippodrome again this year with Noreen. Had a lovely time last year, as I don't get to see either of you very often. Hope you'll be fully recovered by then. Brave boy, says Jan at the Queen's. Yes, I hope so. I think so. It's, it's January. It's January. I think they're actually really pleased with me, to be honest with you. I think they're, they're very pleased. Because normally it's, it's a bit of a pain, isn't it, from, sort of, uh, from, from a diabetic point of view. Somebody said, I'm, I'm diabetic. And, uh, and I've not heard you mention what medication you're on. <laughs> Where do you want to begin? Where do you want to begin? Because they said that metformin, they've been prescribed. Yeah, if you're, if you're you know, early diabetic, then metformin is what they would probably prescribe you. I do metformin four times a day and insulin twice a day. So that's it. That's why they have to check you. That's why they wouldn't release me from the hospital. Uh, Richard in Kensington says in the 1980s, they tow the car away if we parked where we shouldn't. In my case, towed to the Park Lane underground car park. I had to pay about 30 quid to get it back. Lots of money in the 1980s. Oh, I remember that. And the worst thing was that Hyde Park uh, underground, they wouldn't allow the taxis to go right down. They had to drop you at the top, so you had to walk the last bit. And it was a porter cabin in the middle of the car park. And you'd walk the walk of shame. And everybody would be saying the same. I was only there for two minutes. But unfortunately, that was enough to get you the ticket. But you're right, I can't remember what it cost, but I remember coming back. I'd parked in Upper St Martin's Lane at the back here of this building, ironically. Uh, or the, the one, one road over. And uh, the, I went back, the car had gone because they towed it. Now they don't tow them away. Used to see cars whizzing about all over London. They don't bother now. You get the ticket, and if you don't pay it, they send them around the bailiffs. And believe you me, you don't want the bailiffs coming around with a with a ticket. As as uh, as Kevin the milkman says, hundred and what was it, hundred and thirty quid down to sixty five pounds. But if you don't pay it, and the bailiffs come round, up it goes again. You've got their fees, so your sixty five quid can turn into two hundred pounds very very easily. My advice is always to pay them. Don't ever leave them, ignore them, and do what these people do on the can't. Pay will take it away. They go, well, I didn't get anything. They go, oh, you don't need to. This is from the High Court. God, how they keep their patience. You know, where people are blatantly lying. They'll stand there. I haven't got any money. You can take anything you want. And the more they sort of calmly... Eventually, they come round to their way of thinking because they go, we will be taking it. We will be taking it. It's as simple as that. And they do it so calmly. If they were aggressive, they wouldn't be be achieving anything. But uh, it's, it's very interesting, their strategy... And the way that they do things like that. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Poor old Morris in Chatham. He's obviously one of those deluded people. who says, why are you seemingly revelingly in people's holiday misery? Of course I am. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, Morris. And I suspect you do as well. People have saved all year. Oh, you don't know these people. You've got no idea whether they've saved all year. You just make things up. Instead of in total shock at the predicament. You stupid person, honestly. I don't believe your name is Morris either. It's probably something like Mary, I should imagine. They haven't saved all year. You don't know these people. 
You don't. You have no idea at all. No idea. How about a little bit of a little bit of empathy for the people who've just lost their jobs? But of course, you're Mr. Misery, aren't you? Chatham. What do we go to? Ch- what's, fam- what's Chatham famous for? Oh, the docks. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Really. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Five twenty. Actually, just going back to sort of you know people booking with Monarch. The writing was on the cards weeks ago. Weeks ago. You know, why you want to book with a Mickey Mouse outfit? The reason people did it, cheap. That's what it comes down to. It's cheap. You didn't book because it was quality. As I say, the people you should feel sorry for, not the people who booked holidays, who can probably get their money back again if they booked it on a credit card. But, uh, you know, so they're not losing anything out apart from sort of wasting their time at the airport, having been told not to go to the airport. The people I feel sorry for are the people who work for Monarch. They're the ones who you feel sorry for. They're sort of sitting there going, what do we do now? And the answer is probably not. They, they, they might not be getting much back at all. But uh, also the idea of somebody have saved all year for a holiday is almost ludicrous. They were so cheap you could pick up change behind the back of the settee and buy a holiday with Monarch. That's why it was uh, they lost £281 million last year. Mickey Mouse outfits. Every year on LBC uh, we have uh, a charity. And Global's Make Some Noise is such a charity. Every year we raise money for worthwhile causes. This year uh, we're helping to change young people's lives. And some of these young people need a lot of help. The charities that they're affiliated to need money. And they don't get it from anywhere else. They get it from nice people like you donating. So every year we try and find some charities uh, that we think really need help more than any other charities. You know, they really are struggling and they do such a great job. And I went down to such a charity a short while ago and recorded some interviews down there. And it's a lovely... I'll tell you about it on Friday. It's a lovely, lovely place. And it helps parents with children who are really, really seriously ill. Really, really very ill indeed. And sometimes the children don't know that they're, they're very ill. And this is Sebastian's Action Trust. And we went down there to go and have a look. Because I, I, like you, I'd never heard of it before. But once you go down there and you see the work that they do, and I'll tell you about it a bit nearer the time, it, they're absolutely amazing. I mean, they seriously are. What they do for young people who are so ill is, is just... It's, it's nothing short of a miracle. It really isn't. So what we like to do is we like to have a premium rate phone number and then you can donate some money. And then we thought... I tell you what we'll do. Let's let's get people to donate some money, but let's give them an incentive. And I think it's a great incentive. So week one, when we did it, it was a holiday for two people to New York City, which finishes this Friday. Last week, it was a holiday to Sandals Barbados for two people, everything included. Hotel, flights, food, drink, all water sports. You know I'm a big, big fan of water sports. And this year... This year, sorry, this week, I got a bit excited then, uh, because I seriously thought this this was, because when they told me, I thought they are having a laugh. So we're giving you a chance to win a 17-plate Vauxhall Adam in white, thanks to Arnold Clark. It's a car. Seriously, I I thought, we're not really giving away a car. The answer is we are giving away a car. This is a city car combining bold design... So I you, you could tell the, these are words written for me because I don't know what a bold design is, but it's got urban attitude. It's like, yeah, pimp my ride. It's got the perfect manual driving experience. It comes with Bluetooth, air conditioning and a DAB digital radio. Plus, it's got a steering wheel, windows all the way round it and a wheel on every corner for perfect balance. 
You can listen to your favourite radio station whilst you're behind the wheel. It's neat. It's neat, neat, neat. And because it's in white, it's got black gloss alloy wheels and it's very stylish. Excellent features. And you get it for nothing if you're lucky enough to be picked out of the hat. So every person who enters into this Global's Make Some Noise, and I'll give you the details in one second, you get entered into the into the draw, and if we pull your name out, you can enter up to ten times. I think it was ten times on the other one, so I think it's up to ten times on this. So, And all that money goes to charity, which I'll explain in a second. And if your name's pulled out, you get you get the Vauxhall Adam. Seriously, I mean, I, I can't but still... I think we've gone mad. Absolutely stark, staring mad. Giving a car away. And all you have to do is just donate some money. And it's very easy. To enter and to support our charity, Globals Make Some Noise, you text CAR, just the word CAR, C-A-R, and you send it to 84850. There's a one-off voluntary donation of just a fiver from every text which goes straight to our charity, helping to change these young lives. You've got until 5pm on the 6th of October this week to enter. Keep the phone by you, as we could be calling and going, guess what? You thought you were just donating a fiver. But uh, I've got news for you. You just want a car. Standard network rate supply. You need to be over 18 on this one with a full driving licence. You're playing across all participating stations. There's a full list of rules available on lbc.co.uk. So if you want to be in with a chance and, uh, and donate just a fiver, you text CAR, C-A-R, and send it to 84850. I mean, it's, it's like somebody saying, we'd like a trip to the moon. Would you like to win a car? And, and all it might cost you is a fiver. So a fiver goes to a very worthwhile cause to help some very, some very needy children. They don't know they're needy in a lot of cases. They really don't know, in, in some instances, how ill they actually are. So that's why that five pounds is quite important. And I don't want to make light of, of a fiver, because to some people a fiver might be a lot of money. But because it's done on your telephone, you don't kind of see it. It's not like physically putting your hand in your, into your wallet. My case, trying to get rid of the moths and everything else and sort of handing over a fiver. I'm not going to come around and knock on your door. I'm here to collect the fiver. It just goes on, on your telephone. So if you could see your way clear to doing that, uh, I'll put you in my prize drawer. And uh, we all keep fingers crossed, double prayers and all the rest of it, that you might be the lucky person who is the recipient of that uh, Vauxhall Adam. It's nice, isn't it? I quite like it. Can you imagine? How lucky would you have to be to have won three prizes? Can you imagine if it was the same person who'd won the, the, the New York trip, the Barbados trip and the car? What were the odds? And Oh, and the, oh, so I forgot about the tech bundle as well. Worth about £4,000. Television and pads are not good, yeah, honestly. So was, the only reason I didn't do the tech bundle is because I was having my uh, not-very-well time. <laughs> that was the reason. But uh, I wasn't going to miss this one. To give away the uh, the car, I really wasn't. So if you can see your way uh, clear, it's car and send it to eight four eight five zero car C A R eight four eight five zero. Friend of mine said, "So come on then, who is your shopping channel hero?" I don't really have a shopping channel hero. I know a few people who work on the shopping channels. There used to be a lady. I think she 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 was pregnant. She used to work on the. I think Ideal World Shopping Channel. I think she's going out or she's married to one of the blokes on there. And she was very boisterous. She was very in your face. And I liked her a lot. I thought she was really good, actually. She was good. She was. She, she sold it. First time I watched her, I thought, because there's an art. I used to have a friend of mine who used to work for Bid Up TV. In fact, I used to have quite a few people who used to work for Bid Up TV. And then they went pear-shaped because they, they were flogging basically rubbish. 
But uh, and that that went to the wall. But again, they would shift stuff. And you'd think, I wonder how many of those they've actually shifted. And it turns out, I mean, I think the most successful out of them is QVC. QVC shift tons of stuff, mainly aimed at the female market. So it's clothes and it's jewellery and uh, makeup. Makeup they're obsessed with, you know. And you can get the makeup cheaper on QVC than you can on the particular company's websites. How that works out, I've got no idea. So I like anything like that. The only people who aren't catered for are men. The nearest thing, they, they actually go. You know, oh, so men, we've got boys' toys. Well, not all men are butch and want to play with boys' toys. They might want to, you know, play with other things, but they don't, you know, they just get boys' toys. And I quite like the toy thing as well. They did a big bundle the other day, and I think it was like 80 quid. And you've got tons of stuff. I nearly bought it. I nearly bought it, because if, um, if you've got young children, they love stuff like this. There was a, a drone, and there were all sorts of electronic games, and, to- and lights, and this, and whizzes. Oh, God, unbelievable stuff. And I remember thinking, that seems really cheap. really. And I nearly bought it. But then I suddenly realised that all the people I'm buying presents for at Christmas, they're, they're too old for this kind of stuff. They really are. As I say, my, my goddaughter is, uh, wants money. And I don't have a problem with that because she's got a car. She's got to put, you know, petrol in and insurance. She's got to do an MOT and, you know, and tax the thing and get it repaired and everything else. And my godson, exactly the same. He's just bought a very expensive car on Never Never. And my youngest, um, she'll probably end up with, with a present because she knows what sort of thing she wants. You know, she's, she's very keen on makeup. But I don't think you can buy girls makeup. She's only about 13 and so I shall probably find out this weekend what they want. But I, I can tell for a fact. And then the parents of my godchildren will be... They'll either have an idea of something they want for the house, which I've done in the in the past. That They've sort of said, oh, we've got this thing. And then they go and buy it, and I just give them the money. You know, and then I, I take down chocolates and stuff like that, because I think that's right. My brother is money. His uh, girls sometimes have got an idea of what they want. Like, one of them wanted a, a vacuum cleaner a short while ago, so I just ordered one on Amazon and had it sent to her. And in fact, actually, both of them have had vacuum cleaners. Uh, my brother's girlfriend likes perfume from Estee Lauder, so she gets perfume. And um, and that's it. And the people around here, you know, they just get a smile and a Merry Christmas, you know, which is enough, really, I think. You know, it's nice. Which, uh, it's Because, you know, you start working. I feel really sorry for big family. Jamie Oliver's bill at Christmas must be astronomical. He's got five children, Anthony. Can you imagine? You can't just give them... You know, sort of a couple of, you know, Mars stockings to hang at the end of the bed. But uh, Shopping Channel Hero, I don't know, there are a few of them. I mean, I, I think it's very clever what people do, really. I really think it's quite clever. I feel sorry for the people selling jewellery on the television because they're basically you have to lie through your teeth to sell a pile of old tat, you know, and convince people it's the most wonderful thing you've ever bought in your entire life. The one thing I bought from Ideal Word, glue, packages of super glue. I bought things like that. And I bought a silent vacuum cleaner. It's very quiet. It doesn't make any noise. See? I'm taken by this stuff. I could sit in front of the television and have a bit of fun with it. It's always great fun, actually. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to six. Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Nice to have you company. Hope you're well. It's uh, Tuesday, the 3rd of October. The sad news. Tom Petty, first of all, did die. Then they said he didn't die. Now they've come back and said, yes, he has just uh, died, and this is what he was famous for.
Tom Petty. It's just been announced that he's uh, died in America at the age of about uh, 66. But the legacy, that's the advantage, isn't it? The advantage of recording studios and videotape and everything else. So when somebody dies now, you've got that legacy. You know, there will be people going out or rediscovering Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and buying DVD. It's always the way. Every time I've, you know, it's like Elvis dying. The moment Elvis died, somebody at RCA went, good career move. Because his his album sales are tailed off immediately. They're back in again. They start re- repackaging Elvis stuff. And even all these years after Elvis's death, he's touring again. Elvis tours again with an, with an orchestra. He's up on the big screen and also he's toured with his band. That must be the most bizarre thing ever. They, they can do things like that. Technology has moved on apace. Uh, Ian says, I tend to avoid most festive sweets. Bar humbugs. Thank you. I wasn't even aware, actually, of what festive sweets are. And then I suddenly realised I bought some lint chocolates the other day. And they've got little Father Christmases in there. And I suddenly realised we've gone all festive. Uh, Andy from Falkirk says, there are hardworking couples who need their all-inclusive buffets and cider. And I hear the weather is very good in Benidorm just now. You know, we didn't have all-inclusive when I was younger. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And then they went all-inclusive. And you think, oh, that's right. You know, some bit, my brother went on an all-inclusive. He said people were just wandering in from other hotels just to take full advantage of it because there was no sort of checking at all. Uh, Barney and Stephen on their way to Gatwick, off to Mexico again. Didn't book with Monarch just as well because you'll be sitting up at the airport for the rest of your life. Uh, so it should be OK. We always go with Thompson. OK. I don't think I've ever been with Tom. I must have. I ever been with Tom? I don't know. I might have been, I suppose, at some point. Paul from Hayes, near Heathrow. Don't need to tell me where Hayes is. I live in Twickenham. I'm sort of nearer Richmond. He says, another Hayes in Kent. Well, that's just ridiculous. What are they doing? Capitalising on the fact that Hayes is sort of... Yeah, I know Hayes very well, but this is one near Heathrow. He says, here, you could live in a castle with a drawbridge if you won the Euro Millions tonight. Yeah, I don't want to be rude, but, uh, you know, if I won the Euro Millions, I wouldn't be moving to Hayes anytime soon. You know, get get my drift. You know, the Hayes, Hayes Town Centre, I'm afraid, comprise it. My uncle used to have a shop there, a clothing shop on the corner, there for donkey's years, donkey's years. Steve, Holly says, last year I made over £700 on eBay selling my USA mod era, 67-71, Barbies and their clothes. Half of my buyers were men. Yeah, the men collect Barbies because they're, they make money. One paid 75 quid for one gorgeous outfit. I'm looking forward to watching the Barbie programme the Barbie programme with Mary Porters tonight. Barbie can be anything you want. A doctor, a pilot, or even a lesbian. Just have to use your imagination. That's some imagination. That is some imagination. Oh, so that's why she's talking. Oh, right, that's why she's talking about it. I didn't know it was linked into a programme. <laughs> I don't know. The things we, uh, we, we, we hear about nowadays. Yeah, I mean, but we didn't, we didn't have anything like that. I didn't have uh, Barbie. So uh, Phil Vickery says, good morning, sir. Good morning, Phil. I was thinking about you the other day, actually. I was thinking about, you know, whether or not I'd descend on you for Christmas Day. Now he's, he's now debating whether or not we, he can get the family out of town as quick as possible. And another friend of mine says, if you give your brother 10% of tonight's Euro Millions jackpot pro rata, that'll be worth considerably less than what you're offering him a couple of weeks ago. He says, no. <laughs> it would be fairer. He said, don't read that out. Well, it's a bit late now, isn't it? No, I mean, I, if, if I won 167 million, he'd still get 10 million. He'd still get 10 million. There's no point in giving him... Listen, where he lives, seriously, you could buy most of Southampton. He could move out to the New Forest, buy a place there. So, I mean, I'd, I think I think 10 million is nice. I mean, if he won it, he'd give me 10 million. And then some. And, uh, and that'd be... You could, you could do well with that, couldn't you? 
You could do well with £10 million. But I've, 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 I've fantasised on many an occasion. Uh, but no, I, I thought about taking him out for something to eat, which we do every time I go down. We go to a local garden centre. It's a really good one. And uh, their food is excellent, you know, as indeed it is in many of these places. And I fantasised about saying to him, you know, uh, how much would it take for you to stop work? And he'd probably say something like, oh, million, something like that. Because, you know, you set your sights differently. He'd be, he, do you know, if I, if I gave him 10 million, he'd be so happy. So happy. We haven't won the money yet. I, don't, I bet you nobody wins tonight. I bet you nobody wins. Or it'll be somebody in Spain or something like that. I've got friends in Spain. I know they're going to buy tickets for tonight. <laughs> That's always my worst thing, isn't it? When you think, oh, it should be ours. I know it's not. It's called Euro Millions. But uh, I always think to myself, oh, perhaps it should be us. Imagine the excitement of sort of just checking. And then you go, oh, it is me. It is me. What would you do with it? I think, actually, the, the shock would mean that you wouldn't, wouldn't do anything, actually. You'd, you'd be sort of sitting there going, and somebody's saying, but you've got 167 million. You go, yeah, but I don't know what to do first. You know, do I give money to my brother? Do I open up the Coots Bank account? You know, because it is down the road from me in the Strand. Well, down the road from here. And I could go and use that one. Or I could go to Drummond's. It's all part of the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Phil Vickery says, I'm always welcome at their place. He says, you don't want to slum it, though, do you? <laughs> as long as you do crispy roast potatoes, Phil, you know me. I'm happy with crispy roast potatoes. <laughs> I'll do anything like that. Uh, Steve, you know that saying normally comes in threes. In the space of two weeks, I was caught on a yellow junction box... Not blocking my back wheels were on, mainly because somebody had pushed in, forcing you to stop, or people don't move... Oh, I hate people who don't move closer. That drives me mad. But that's the trouble is, if you're in that, that junction box, that's automatic. That's an automatic ticket. That's really, really difficult. Uh, and, Steve, in keeping with, uh, with commercial media, how come, with your charity drive, you haven't got a really challenging question to answer? You know, questions that Mr and Mrs Kipper of Boston Lincolnshire struggle with, like... What do you call this, this, you know, the big ball of fire that rises in the morning, says Dave? What colour is the sky? They always ask, the, there's supposed to be an element of skill to these competitions. How have they been allowed to get away with it? I don't know. You know, uh, you know uh, I'll give you a clue. Bridge over the river. You know, the answer would be Kwai and their answer would be Danube. You know, people come up with the daftest thing. Somebody in the park with... Somebody did that once. It was that there was a show at the National called Sunday in the Park with George, Stephen Sondheim. And so, somebody said to me, I said, Sunday in the Park with, and they went, Gloria Honeyford? <laughs> I always wanted to tell Glow that that's what somebody said. She was the answer to a competition. But in fact, she wasn't. She wasn't really. But you're quite right. You know, what colour is that, uh, that big ball of fire that rises in the morning? <laughs> well, what colour is it? And also, what do they call it? I think it's called the sun. But people get it wrong. Like the other day, we were giving away a car, do you remember? And somebody texted in, cat! A lot of people were getting very panicky. Dear Steve, I love my cat. I'd rather you didn't come round and claim it. And I was going, we're not touching your cat, I promise you. It's a car. And a very nice car it is too. And somebody could... Oh, it's non-stop this morning. Uh, boss makes the best roasties. I've been cooking for 40 years, can't get anywhere near hers. I told you last year, both my brother and... Uh, and my uh, my godchildren's family made the best roast potatoes. Two really good roast potatoes. I love my roast potatoes at Christmas. And now I don't have a halogen oven. I'll not be eating roast potatoes myself at home this year. It'll be mashed potatoes. But I, I, I think two Christmas dinners is enough for anybody, don't you? 
I get excited about it, though. It's funny, isn't it? I can go... I just wander around garden centres that have got Christmas decorations up. I'm waiting to be drawn. You know, sometimes Christmas decorations call to you. Steve, Steve. They call, they call out to me. And I walk in there and I go, oh, I want one of those. And you think, where am I going to put it? I was telling somebody the other day about I've got this lovely... Um, it's like a Christmas tree with little trains that run round on each different level. Darren was very excited. Very excited, because he hasn't got one. And and I said, I've got loads of these sort of things. Anything that looks... Fed- if I had enough room, I would literally have an entire room full of Christmas things. I've got a lovely thing, which is a box, a music box, with little figures playing uh, bells. And they play the Christmas carols. And it's really lovely. And... I don't know what to do with it. I gave one to my brother. I bought, I bought two. Because I'm like that. I think if I like it, my brother's going to like it. My poor brother, every year I go down, they go, oh, not more stuff. And so he has to get it all out. So when I go round at Christmas, I can go, um, uh, well, where is that thing I bought you? <laughs> Phil Vickery says, I think you're a closet elf. Nothing closeted about it. I'm <laughs> just an elf. I did actually dress up as a, a sort of a Santa Claus thing. I think you'll find it on YouTube. Steve Allen and his Christmas grotto, I think, which we did for five... They built me a grotto with, I think, 50,000 lights in it and a Christmas tree. And the cameramen used to take it in turns to dress up as the Christmas elf and sit at my uh, at my feet. I think it's on YouTube, I'm pretty certain, actually. Steve Allen's Christmas grotto. I'm, I, was, I was looking at it a short while ago going, do you know, I, I've still got all the lights from that and all the little decorations on the tree that turned round and did things. Are you finding it? Oh, no, sorry. You looked fairly intense then. Fairly intense. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Apparently, says Dave in Beckenham, there's nothing wrong with Hayes in Kent as far as the houses and trees are concerned, but the borough of Bromley is full of low life. Actually, it's odd, isn't it, that you get different areas of, uh, of sort of London that people like and people don't like. And uh, that appears to be one of those that... Oh, I've lost my thing now. Uh, that people people don't like, which is very odd. Uh, what have we got here? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Find some more of these texts and uh, emails, which I'm trying to get through as many as possible today. Not easy, actually. Sometimes I'm, I'm backwards and forwards, left, right and centre. My mum, says Phil Vickery, used to make uh, a Christmas cake every year. And on top... The same Christmas tree, the Robin and the Leaping Santa. I've still got them. My mother did exactly the same. She had the cake decorations that went on the top. We had two little Christmas trees that looked like toilet brushes. We had a little Father Christmas who'd sort of seen better days, who was on a sledge piled high with stuff like that. And what else do we have? There was something else. I think it's thing, oh, a thing that just said Merry Christmas. And it went on there every year. And after we'd eaten the Christmas cake, she took them off, she washed them, and she put them back in the box for the year after. In those days when people people saved that kind of stuff. That's lovely, actually. I like it. Uh, sad news, says uh, Mike, about Tom Petty. He was also in the Travelling Wilburys with George Harrison, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison and Jeff Lynne. One of their hits, Handle With Care. But uh, I'm trying to think of another one of the Travelling Wilburys. I'm a, because I was a big fan of Roy Orbison. Big, big fan of Roy Orbison. Uh, Claire says, sad news about Tom Petty. Always loved his music. I hope you enjoyed those little clips that we had earlier on. Uh, like who updates Wikipedia at this time of the morning? Read Tom Petty. It says he passed away on October the 2nd. Yeah, they'd originally got him passing away yesterday. Then they changed their minds and he came back to life again. And then he's, uh, he's now officially gone. So, you know, 
Yes, the first thing people do whenever somebody dies, they update Wikipedia, you know, without even getting it confirmed, because anybody can change it. It's not difficult. Uh, Dallas says, I go to see Elvis's show every time he tours on screen, and every show's a sellout. Who can sell out venues 49 years after his death? Steve Allen. Always. The Steve Allen shows sell out very quickly, very quickly, which is always good news because I've got one coming up at the Hippodrome and it's on the 3rd of January. And if you want to come along, you go to the Hippodrome's website. It says that the show's at midnight. I promise you it's not. It's at seven o'clock on the 3rd of January, which is a Wednesday. And it'll just be me and you. They lock the doors. OK, safer that way. And uh, go to Hippodrome Casino. Dot com. All the details are on there. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'll let you know what uh, Nick Ferrari's doing. You know he's coming from Tory conference this morning at 7 o'clock, so I'll run through, uh, run through what he's going to be talking about today, and we'll do the front pages of the papers, and we'll do some more of the stories, because uh, the front pages, every single one of them, is dealing with uh, what turned Stephen Paddock uh, into a mass killer. Uh, Unless he lost everything. We have no idea. We don't know what affects people. Um, and no doubt we will find out over the next few days. All these people moan down an act of pure evil. Uh, although scepticism, as the Islamic State claims, that the killings were done by him for them. No, they weren't. They're just sort of a bunch of silly little people. And uh, everybody talking about it. it. It was just amazing how high up the, uh, the hotel he was and could still hit people on the ground. They say, because of gambling losses, did that turn him into a mass killer. He was an ex-accountant. Uh, also, uh, the husband gunned down as he saved his wife. There were students. It was just everybody. It was, it was totally... Well, he can't have seen anybody from up there. Can't have seen anybody from up there at all. Uh, also, Dawn French. And there's a lovely picture in the paper. It's such a cute picture. Dawn French is cute anyway. But uh, she was three years old at the time of this picture and she met the Queen Mother. And she thought the Queen Mother was a witch. Which, you know, is fair enough. I think people think that, don't they? They used to meet, meet the Queen Mother. And I should imagine Dawn French never met anybody like that. They go, you're going to be meeting the Queen Queen Mum. Oh. No, seriously, the Queen... She probably didn't know what she was meeting at all. Also, how to wash up properly. There is a cleaning order. OK? Cleaning order. This is... A, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard of this before. I don't. What I do is I tend to do the saucepan... Because I know I don't have a dishwasher. I don't have a dishwasher. Or anybody like that who can do the work for you. I know lots of people have got it. To be honest with you, putting some hot water in a bowl and squirting some, you know, liquid into there is not complicated. But the cleaning order you're supposed to do. Number ten, roasting tins. Roast. See, what normally happens, roast, I don't do roasting tins. I sort of, uh, I would use metal and then throw them away afterwards. These sort of aluminium tins. Pans, number nine, eight serving dishes, seven cutlery. Six dinner plates, five side plates, four saucers, three cups, two mugs, and number one, glasses. That apart from, so you, you obviously do glasses first, don't you? I'm assuming because the water's the cleanest. And then by the time you get to the end, the roasting tin. But you can buy things, I've seen them advertised on television now, where they put some stuff in a tin and then it, it all the dirt, you know. And I am slightly obsessed with things like, oh, what's that in there? gone. Uh, oh, blimey, I've, I've done something strange to the computer. I don't know what I've done. I don't know what I've done. I've done something really odd here. Wait a minute. Refresh. No. Refresh. No. I've broken it. Oh, well, there you go. You know, somebody's got to do it. Uh, pretentious, overpriced and full of townies. A plague on farm shops. Because it's people go, you know, and as I said earlier on, um, you know, peas here, five pounds and four pence a kilo. They go, are they organic? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We don't use any pesticides. <sighs> yeah, right. You wouldn't know the difference. 
you would not know the difference. By saying, you don't have a dishwasher. Do you mean, says Phil Vickery, you don't have a butler? I don't think I'd want a butler, actually. Although I did fantasise on winning the lottery whether I would have staff. Because I've seen the house I want to buy. It's a big house. You'd have to come around and cook, Phil. It's a big house. It's very big. It's, it's only got six bedrooms. They say, if you're going to buy a mansion, you don't need anything bigger than six six bedrooms. It looks quite nice. It's got a swimming pool and it's got a little uh, gymnasium and things like that. It's not. Is it? You're just telling me that, aren't you? You're ju- are you just telling me that now? Wait a minute. So I'm just getting confirmation. Wait a minute. The Hippodrome shows it's sold out. Didn't take long, did it? It's sold out, really. You naughty people. And that's going to be embarrassing for me, isn't it? And I have to face the management now. You know, they're going to, they've been on the phone to me later on. They're going to say, you've sold the show out. We can only do the one show. I don't have the stamina. I wish I, I, wish I did have the stamina, actually. <laughs> Phil says, I, I could warm up M&S stuff for you. Do you know what I really want somebody to make me? Don't, please don't, because I can't have it because I'm diabetic. But a friend of mine, Tony, his, his mum, she'd go around there. Typical Greek woman. Typical Greek. She'd say, Steve, I'd do you something to eat. And i go, no, seriously, I, I couldn't eat anything at all. Next thing, there'd be a three-course meal on the table. And you go, I couldn't eat anything. Seriously. It was like my big fat Greek wedding. Every time you say, I couldn't eat anything, out would come a meal. And the one thing that she made that was really delicious, apple strudel. Apple strudel. And I had a thing about apple strudel. Actually, I'm quite pleased about that show selling out. That, that quite pleases me. Quite pleases me. Um, in fact, it pleases me a lot. It'll please the charity even more. They'll be very pleased. So thank you. You're sure it's sold out? You, would, you wouldn't just wind an old man up, would you? And get me all excited on a Tuesday. Of which it... You cannot buy tickets at the moment. OK, there you go. You cannot buy tickets at the moment. Does that mean... That either, it could be the system's overloaded, couldn't it? Could be. He thinks it's sold out. He thinks it's sold out. I don't, I'll have to wait till I get confirmation of that. But at the moment, it looks like it's, it's sold out. I'm not doing it till January. Where are we? October. That's what you call clever. That's what you call very clever indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yes, apple strudel. And then I wasn't sure if you have apple strudel with custard or if you have it with ice cream or creme fraiche. And I've never seen it on sale. You know, you can go and buy puddings now and they do... You know, all sorts of different puddings and everything else. And and I thought, why don't they make apple strudel? Perhaps it goes off quicker. Perhaps it goes off quicker. Interesting, isn't it? I just found I could eat some apple strudel. I can't have it because it's uh, it's just full of sugar and drips in sugar. After the news and uh, travel, we'll cross live to Las Vegas to bring you up to date with how they're dealing with that tragedy that took place there about uh, 24 hours ago. So, in fact, it was it was about 10 to 7 yesterday morning that the news came through, just as I got to the end of... Why is it I get to the end of my programmes? We had exactly the same with 9-11. Came to the end of my uh, programme, and, um, and then that news uh, came in. Now, we'll be crossing live to Vegas. We'll talk to our reporter over there, because how they're dealing with it, I don't, I don't know how you deal with stuff like that. I really don't, and I've... I've Done enough tragedies in my time. So we'll do that the other side of the news at uh, six o'clock, which is coming up uh, very, very soon here on LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to have your company. I mean it. It is nice to have your company. You know, especially if you're one of those people that has trouble waking up in the morning. This programme is guaranteed to make sure you stay awake. We don't want anybody falling asleep. Thank you very much indeed. 860,000 people grounded by Monarch. Nearly 3,000 people have lost their jobs like that instantly. They've gone. They've got uh, they've got nothing at all. 
Uh, the Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, says we will train 25% more UK nurses. Going to need to. Skipping breakfast can raise the risk of a heart attack. The uh, streets where the typical home now costs over a million. In London, you'll look at very ordinary houses. Rest of the country, you know, 150,000. Here, 800,000, 900,000. It's ridiculous. And uh, an hour of exercise can beat the blues. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past six. Nice to be company. Tuesday, 3rd of October. God, it's cold weather, isn't it? I tell you, I think this winter's going to be a, a bit of a miserable winter. We're going to leaves already off the trees, and uh, which makes it very slippy underfoot, so be careful. And then somebody was saying the other day, they said, don't worry, in October we're going to get some snow. And I said, are you sure we're going to get some snow? And they said, well, it looks fairly likely. I mean, in certain parts of the country, my friend Paul's up in Scotland at the moment. And of course, you know, out in the Trossachs, they'll be having snow and the cane gorms and everything else. But uh, down here in London, we tend not to get it. Only on a couple of occasions have I remembered it. And God, it was cold. Walking over that bridge to get to Waterloo Station in the morning with a snow cup, my little umbrella. I looked like a reject from Mary Poppins. It was all very sad. Uh, Shut up market clubs and restaurants. Let people turn up in trainers. We decided no. I'll tell you more about the drunk flyer thrown off the plane for talking about the steward as that queer boy. I mean, that language is just absolutely unnecessary in this day and age, so I'm glad he was thrown off the plane. In fact, if I had my way, I'd ban him completely. Uh, The Daily Mail asking that question, what turned Mr Normal, in inverted commas, into a mass killer, the US uh, worst ever mass shooting. 59 people dead and uh, more than more than 200 people injured also monarch 860,000 people grounded it's going to cost 60 million to get the people back from overseas but you won't be flying back on monarch there's no monarch flights it's it's gone into administration so there's nothing flying out your holidays are cancelled the good news is that many people will get their money back if you've booked it on a credit card or you've done it through a for a secure site or something like that, there is a very good chance that you will get your money back. Well, the story that leads every every newspaper uh, over here in the United Kingdom is the slaughter in Sin City. What turned Mr Normal into a mass killer? The Sun's headline, Run. Let's speak now to Gabby Hart, who's a reporter at KSNV News 3 TV in Las Vegas. Gabby, good morning. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm fine. I mean, you know, this is not not a good time for America. This is possibly the worst thing that I think we've ever reported. Nobody had any indication, did they? Here is somebody who comes out of nowhere and, uh, for for reasons best known to himself, decides to kill 59 people. How's everybody holding up over there? Oh, well, considering what we're seeing here, Steve, is we're seeing the community uh, pull together, people who are from Las Vegas, from the state of Nevada, and also people who are are just in town visiting. Uh, you know, they were asking for blood donations. They say that within hours of opening the blood banks that they actually met, uh, you know, the quota that they needed. They're saying they're asking people to obviously still continue donating, but they've already reached, you know, the goals as far as food, water, uh, blood donations. So what we're seeing is, is communities here really coming together and, and, and you know, in such a hard time uh, helping each other. There's a very sombre mood, I should imagine, over the city, isn't there? It is, it is. And actually, um, a little bit earlier today, I was at a, a convention centre here in Las Vegas, and it's being used centre. So what they're doing, they're having families of victims who had loved ones die or who had loved ones that were injured in this. They're having them come there. They had 
therapy dogs, they have counselors, they have, you know, a makeshift memorial that of flowers that's being set up right in front of the building. And, you know, we spoke with some families there. Um, I spoke with one mother who was at the same concert as her son who died. They were on different sides of the, the area, though. They were in different sections. And she said that when the gunfire started to ring out, she tried to run toward her son. But a guy actually stopped her and said, hey, you can't run toward the gunfire. Uh, she said she found out that her son had been shot in the chest and actually actually killed. And it was, it was very emotional talking to her. And there's people, you know, it was 58, 59 now killed. I mean, the, the, there's people all over that are sharing their stories. And, and it's sad. It's an emotional time here, here in the city. The one thing that we can't get used to uh, over here, Gabby, is how easy it is to get hold of these sort of powerful guns. Because if you look at the pictures of how high up the Mandalay Bay he was, and he could hit people on the ground. These are serious weapons. Yeah, yeah, he was on the, the 32nd floor. And they're saying that they found, I believe, around 24 assault rifles just in his hotel room at the Mandalay Bay. Um, you know, that's a, a whole nother conversation, you know, when it comes to, to guns and, mm. and gun laws and, you know, gun rights. So, What do we know about him? As far as, I mean, as far as we've been hearing over here, he was, uh, he was not on the police radar or anything like that. He lived on a, not on at a all. community and yet here he is committing a crime. I mean, what, do we know whether he was a gambler or not and he'd lost money? That's not confirmed. It's not confirmed that he's a gambler, and, and police are actually telling us that they're still looking for a motive. They haven't released exactly why. I mean, what would make someone do this? I believe the quote that the sheriff here used, he said, when we asked him what was the motive, he said, it's hard to get inside of the mind of a sociopath at this time. I mean, mm-hmm. this is something that, that no one in their right mind, you know, would would, would do. Um, so we know that he was in his 60s, that he's from the Mesquite area, and they were, he wasn't on police's radar. Officers are saying that he very well, his brother even said in an interview, that he, he was a regular guy who must have just snapped. Those were his brother's words. There was uh, a rumour that he was being linked to terrorism, but I think that's been discounted. Police told us that it is not terrorism. They said that that is not the case. There's no, nothing to indicate that this was uh, terrorism. The difficult thing is, as well, he's taken his own life, so we might never get the answers that we seek. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't know that, you know, there's any, any motive right now or answers that that could help. You know, like I said, there's there's 400 plus people that were injured in the shooting, 59 of them killed. Um, there's still 12 people at the hospital. I'm actually at University Medical Center in Las Vegas right now, and there's 12 people here that are in critical condition. Um, you know, some of the people injured were off duty officers. Uh, one was an on-duty officer. So just a lot of people affected here in just a hard time, hard time. Is it business as usual in Vegas today, Gabby? I would not say that it, that it's business as usual. I would say that the mood among people here is very, very much people are, are giving. Uh, I went to a drive-thru today. We were in our news truck. They gave us free coffee. Um, everybody's shipping in, helping each other. People are being a little more kind to each other. They're stopping. I think it's making people appreciate, you know, that sometimes you have to slow down and you really have to enjoy life and, and be kind to people, uh, you know, when something like this happens. Gabby, nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for that. Gabby Hart, a reporter nice. at KSNV News 3 TV over there in uh, in Las Vegas, you know, the city that's coming to terms with... 
a terrible, terrible atrocity. And so hopefully as the uh, as the days unfold and the police try and get a handle on it. Also, how this man was able to get in 20 weapons into his hotel room. Whichever way you look at it, these are high-powered rifles. It's going to look like a high-powered rifle. You know, one you might understand. What sort of security is there in the hotel? Can you just literally walk in? Yes, you can. You can literally walk in to hotels. I've never seen any security on front door. Now, of course, they will step up security in the same way that if we have an atrocity that happens in London, all of a sudden we, we step up the security. Over there in Vegas, they will probably do that for a while and then it will gradually slip back down again. You know, things go back to normal. Do you check everything? No, we don't. We wait till something happens. Over there, they weren't expecting it. He wasn't on the radar. He didn't appear to have uh, any misdemeanours with the police. He was just a, a general, regular guy who was uh, in his 60s. He had a girlfriend and he lived on an estate. It was one of those, uh, they have estates all over Vegas because they're places that people go to retire to. Uh, he was an accountant. There was no reason why he should all of a sudden have snapped, but he ended up with an awful lot of weaponry. And they say he might have adapted one or two of the weapons that he had so that he could hit people. I mean, he must have had some idea when he opened the bedroom window. I wasn't even aware you could open windows in these places, so he either must have smashed the window, because every hotel I've ever stayed at in, in Vegas, they're all air-conditioned, so you don't, open, you don't need to open the windows. In fact, they didn't open at all, but I was looking at a picture on the television a short while ago, and it looked as though the window had been broken. So whether or not he uh, he was there, perhaps he couldn't get anything, you know, closer to the ground. But it would have made it even worse. I said bad enough that 59 people lost their lives with some people in a critical condition at the moment. More than 200 were injured. So he was obviously this wasn't just one or two shots. This was this was machine gun fire by the sound of it. But uh, well, hopefully when we when we find a few more answers, you'll hear them on on LBC because answers is what they want over there. And um it is possibly the worst thing that I think I've reported in a in a long, long while. You can see the look of people on the faces in the front pages of all the papers there, looking bewildered as a case of, you know, what's actually happened? What, what What's actually gone on? Is it going to continue? They weren't sure. People were running for cover all over the place. You know, shots were fly, flying over their heads. So, you know, all these people injured. I think the worst... This would have to be the worst UK massacre. I don't think I've heard of a worse one, actually. The revellers... Uh, plugging victims' bullet wounds with their fingers to make sure. And they, they were youngish people. They were youngish people here. So it was nothing to do with that. It, it could have been to do with anything. The papers have called it an act of pure evil. But how will we ever know until we sort of unravel what went on in his mind, which hopefully we'll find out from his, from his girlfriend. An act of pure evil was uh, exactly what Trump uh, has called it. Terrible situation, terrible situation. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. 6.20, Tuesday, 3rd of October. Steve, I've stayed at the Mandalay Bay on the 32nd floor. There are no opening windows, says Chris. I didn't, th- you know, I didn't think there were. I don't think... I remember being in a hotel in Copenhagen once, right in the middle of Copenhagen, and the windows opened. Frightened the life out of me. I mean, I'm bad enough with a... A feeling of heights without having terms like that. I didn't think they did open. I thought they were all... Otherwise, it looked ridiculous, wouldn't it? People hanging their washing outside. Uh, forgive me, Steve. I'm somewhat sceptical. Read Jeremy Hunt's pledge to train more nurses. Firstly, where's he going to find people willing to train? Secondly, it takes three years to train nurses. So what do we do in the meantime? I'm a nurse. 
we often work short and always work over our finish time because of the immense amount of paperwork and we've had a pay cut in real terms. How on earth can you entice people into nursing, says Karen? I don't know. You know me, I'm a huge admirer of the, of the NHS. I have to be. I'm in their capable hands. They're looking after me. And today as well. Most expensive Barbie is, uh, and I haven't seen this one for a little while actually, it's, uh, it's divorced Barbie. Because she comes with Ken's house, Ken's car, Ken's boat, all of Ken's clothes. <laughs> I wish there was a divorce. You know you can buy cards now saying congratulations on your divorce. I was thinking of sending one to Katie Price. You know, just to sort of remind her. Uh, Steve, I thought as it's been some 40 years since we last met during those years in the 70s when you were at UBN, which if you've read Wikipedia, you'll know what UBN is, the United Biscuits Network, with the likes of Roger Scott and uh, Adrian Love, Nicky Horn, Graham Dean, Peter Young, Peter Young, the rocking rabbi, Dale Winton. Uh, I used to bring records into play, says Bernie Cochran. And, uh, and if I could persuade the artist to pop in for a chat. So with all that in mind, and of course the main purpose being to raise some money for such a great cause as Global's Make Some Noise, I booked a couple of booth tickets for your show at the Hippodrome. Thank you. He says, looking forward to a great evening. Hopefully meet up with you after all these years. Reckon any greeting between us should be, gosh, you haven't changed a bit. That's the disadvantage, Bernie, with the internet now. Whereas before, it didn't make any difference. I'm always worried when people go, Steve Allen, and I go... I think so. You're never too sure, actually. People didn't say, God, you've aged badly. Because <laughs> it it's always the way, isn't it? Sometimes I see people I've not seen for years and years, and you go, oh, you've aged, but you don't like to say anything. Because what you do is you try and look through what you're looking... When I say look through, I don't mind. I mean, you know, you're looking at the face going, does that change? I mean, some people don't change. Some people are very lucky. I mean, I, I look at early pictures of me. And because of, you know, the amount of time I've been here, I've got lots and lots of different pictures. And I think I've, I've changed, obviously. Although at the moment, I appear to be losing weight. Ha! As if. I live in hope. My mum had the Christmas cake decoration, Steve, the tree. We used to put tinsely, a fringe thing around. Yeah, my mother had the fringy thing. It was white, fringed. Phil Rickery says, the reason I can't have that, uh, what do we call that stuff we were making? Which I said I can't have because it's sugary. Oh, blimey, honestly, here we go again. We're having this, this dreadful period here of, uh, of, of not being able to remember certain things. Um, strudel. <laughs> That's right, strudel. It's because you've got to make it and eat it, apparently. You can't, uh, you can't sort of make it and then sort of leave it. So you have to make it and eat it straight away. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? It's, I, mean, I did like it, but I haven't, I haven't eaten it for a long, long time. I can't. I, I, I really can't. I don't want to make myself ill, bad enough as, as it is. Um, <laughs> my friend says, your perfect Christmas present. I'm sending you one. This is uh, Hark, the biography of Christmas. Paul Carenza, your perfect stocking filler, says Miranda. I'm going to send you one, says my friend. Oh, that's nice. I like anything to do with Christmas, you know. I'm seriously stupid about Christmas. I'm not that ridiculous that I go, I go cheap and tacky. I like classy Christmas. If I could afford it, I'd have somebody in to come and decorate the tree and do everything else like that, but it never works like that. Uh, so that was Tina on the, uh, the Merry Christmas cake decoration. And Paul says, my wife decorates uh, four Christmas trees in our house. It takes her about five days. When in the whole nine-foot one in the sitting room, another in the dining room, and uh, it does look bare... And we take them all down after Christmas. Yeah, but I sometimes leave them up. I've got Christmas lights up all year round. I don't call them Christmas lights. I just call them 
lights. Uh, best garden centre for Christmas decorations. Chessington, says Jane. Lights there are amazing. Hope you're feeling better. Yes, thank you. And Tracy and Chadwell Heath says, you're most welcome to help me dress my Christmas windows from next week. You'll be up to your ears in baubles for a fortnight. And uh, poor old Karen says, we're a bit bar humbug. We're not having a tree or any deckies this year. You just put them up, they get dusty. Then you take them down. I just love the whole thing. Seriously, I could, I, could, I could live in a Christmas shop. Seriously, I could live in a Christmas shop. And anybody who, who knows me will, will tell you that I'm, I'm mad for Christmas things. The, the, the more there is, the happier I am. But I'm always looking for something unusual. Years ago, I bought some Christmas lights. They were terribly expensive, but they operated on a controller, each one's individually, but they were proper bulbs. Now it's LEDs, and that's a lot easier for me to, uh, to deal with. But I, I am taken with Christmas lights in boxes. I see them. I can head straight to them. I can head straight. I, I don't even need to sort of spend any time in a, in a Christmas department. I, I'm, I'm strange. I home in. I go in there and I go, want. Uh, and I buy this. So, uh, so that, that's me for Christmas. But I have got, I've, I've still got lights in boxes that I've not opened from years and years ago. That's how mad I am about uh, about the Christmas thing. If I, if I could employ... what My, my favourite thing to do would be to buy a lovely place in the country and have it snowing. I'd bring in a snow machine to make it snow. You know, you put water in and out the end come... That, that I would love. I would love. I'd love to have a Christmas card of my house I'm going to uh, buy when I win the Euro Millions tonight. And I can tell you how much the house is. It's 40 million. And people will be going, oh, dreadful waste of money. You go, listen... At my age, why worry about it? You know, not exactly going to be living in it for 20 years, so I don't really care, actually. Uh, story here on the uh, the Dr Foster cliffhanger. They keep talking about Dr Foster. I don't know anything about it. I've no interest in it. I couldn't care less. I am interested in a woman who dumped the body of her unwanted baby son in a drain at her parents' house. She's only been jailed for a year. This is HR executive Sinead Connett told police she'd been raped by a taxi driver, that uh, it was, in fact, a ruse in case her partner left her. The corpse was found in a drain in Grimsby. She claimed the baby had died when she secretly gave birth. But uh, anyway, so uh, they called in a plumber to check a drain blockage and he discovered the baby. Uh, Tests showed that the baby had died because they can work these things out in 2013. His injuries included a fractured skull, may have been caused when the body was retrieved. And, um, and so she's now been... Ge- only for a year. Only for a- when, when, when she actually left the dock, people were blowing her kisses and waving at her and things like, sick people are these? Sick people. Not right, is it, really? Not right. Uh, missing out on breakfast increases the risk of a heart attack. Eat. Eat something. Eat something. And an hour of exercise can beat the blues. People who did no exercise were 44% more likely to develop depression. God, I don't suffer from depression. And every newspaper you open up, here she is again. It's getting to the point of boredom. Michelle Keegan, a very average actress, very average, married to Mark Wright, couldn't really care less, not really particularly bothered. She's got a clothing line she's launching, and apparently ever since she's done this programme where she dresses up and fatigues, that's increased women uh, joining the army. <laughs> How? I've got no idea. They come up with anything, don't they, in the newspapers nowadays. Uh, also... Uh, playing a gay man, says a star of Downton. This is James Collier. Um, he says it's killed my Hollywood career dream. I don't know why you're only playing a gay man. I don't think Hollywood are as sort of anti it as they uh, as they used to be. Mary Portis, time for Barbie to be a lesbian. I think you can imagine some people going absolutely apoplectic at that and going, "This is absolutely outrageous. You can't have things like that." And you go, "Why not? 
Why not? You must have a very miserable life if you worry about other people. Plus the uh, the jackpot tonight, the biggest ever, clamour for tickets. It's the eighth rollover. It's big, but the uh, Americas offer a supersize. There was one here, 591 million in August. But you get a lump sum of 362 million or 254 million after taxes. Wow. There's a bloke in West Virginia. Reminds me of a song, actually. West Virginia. Uh, scooped £195 million. It's all nice, though, isn't it, really? I think that would change things, £167 million. Well, it wouldn't change me. I mean, I'd still be the same miserable person that you hear every morning on the radio. I wouldn't be changing and becoming nice. don't want to do anything like that and start changing the habits of a lifetime. That'd be tr- Oh, look, Michelle Keegan, yet again. Apparently she's working out in a gym. No, she's not. It's a, a photo shoot and it's ultimately dull. Uh, Strictly's judges were lost for words after seeing the celebrities' last routines gushing about their love for them 44 times. Because they keep using the same words, don't they? But everybody does that. There's nothing nothing unusual in this day and age, ladies and gentlemen. Why did I turn that paper over? Oh, yes, I've got to do... Oh, I'll have to do it after the news. This is a shopper who got a hilarious reply in rap after using Cockney rhyming slang to complain to M&S about his shoes. And they wrote back to him, and I'll tell you exactly what they wrote uh, the other side of the news. Steve got my tickets for January. Has everybody got their tickets for January? I mean, it's, I mean, if it, if it has sold out, we're very excited. Very excited. Uh, and says, looking forward, came last year, three weeks after my knee replacement op. I'll manage the stairs better this time, says Viv. Good for you. Just stand up and go, Viv, knees. And I'll go, I'll remember. Uh, my son's first Christmas, says Matt. I can't wait to decorate the house floor to ceiling. We only play Christmas songs up until the 26th, but I can't play them after as I get major Christmas blues. Oh, I'm, I've, I've got them in the, in the car as well. I'm, I'm quite happy. I sing a lot. People think I'm mad, but I don't care. It's my life. Enjoy yourself. Uh, Steve, my Christmas lights stay up all year, inside and out, says Sandy. That's what I like to hear as well, you see. That's what I like to hear. And Tina says, uh, when we come out of Brexit, does that mean we'll stop doing the Euro Millions? Mm, I don't know, actually. I'm not too sure. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Still to come, that lovely poem from Marks and Spencers, proving that some companies do have a, a sense of the occasion. Nick Ferrari with you at breakfast this morning. Nick, bringing you the very latest from the worst mass shooting in America's peacetime history. At least 59 now dead. I think more than 500 people injured. Will America ever change its gun laws? Parts of London will soon be subject to a version of the mansion tax. Nick will have the full details on the show. And once again, he's live in Manchester at the Tory conference and joining Nick ahead of her keynote speech, none other than the Prime Minister, Theresa May. That's all with Nick Ferrari live from the Conservative Party conference in Manchester this morning from 7 here on LBC. Uh, So a shopper got a reply in rap after using Cockney rhyming slang to complain to M&S about his shoes. Eugene Costello wrote asking for advice on how to stop the misery of me bleeding plates of meat. The writer who went shopping with his daughter for a £65 pair of brogues for a job interview three months earlier, got a response that would have made rapper Marky Mark proud. This is what came back from Marks and Spencers after he, after he wrote and complained. Sorry to hear that after shopping with your bricks and mortar, the brogues have been rogues and don't fit like they oughter. They shouldn't have done that to your plates of meat. Wearing our shoes should be more of a treat. We hope you'd have thought they're great, you can't top them. But seeing as they've hurt you, we'll refund or swap them. At this point, I'll need to switch to prose.
to tell you the remedy for your long-suffering toes. See? They've got a sense of humour. Well, one one person's got a got a sense of humour. <laughs> I think that's quite nice. The Queen's a bit upset. She's had travellers uh, down the road from her. Uh, they've set up camp in a car park of the Queen's local Tesco near Windsor Castle. Over a dozen caravans moved in. One traveller set up a workshop welding cars. What's the matter with these people? Are they just completely ignorant of anybody's feelings or anything else? Apparently, uh, kids played with trolleys. Some shoppers were troubled by dogs. Tesco said, we are aware of the caravans. Well, of course you're aware of the caravans. It was so stupid. You must open your eyes a little bit more. They're out there. Do you think the Queen's really going... Well, I'm not going down there again. Certainly couldn't be going down there. Uh, Also, a Rolls-Royce owner had to climb out of the window of his Phantom, £563,000, after it was swallowed by a sinkhole in the road. This was in China. uh, He'd stopped at a red light, then all of a sudden the road opened up and his car fell in. I'd never heard of a car costing that much money. 563,000, blimey. A lot of money, isn't it? A lot of money, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, uh, Johnny Johnny Rotten. I never liked Johnny Rotten. I always thought he was a bit of a fraud, a bit of an act, you know. The moment he started advertising butter, I kind of gave up on the whole thing. Uh, also, the faulty hotelier jailed for attacks. Any part, you know, any time they get somebody who's sort of a little bit like Basil Faulty, they go, "Oh, like the you know a faulty thing," and so we all go, "Oh, interesting." I can't find this other story. I'm going to find it if it kills me, because I'm determined to find a story that involves a nasty little piece of work who was abusing um, a trolley dolly on an aeroplane. And um, I don't like people like that, so I have to I have to mention them on the program. And once I've sort of found them, and I will find this one, take my word for it. I see. I keep reading all these blooming things about how much money there is tonight. The Korean killers, North Korean, they thought it was a TV prank. Yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. Uh, also, oh, it's not in that paper, so which paper would it be in? Which paper would it be in? I shall find it if it kills me. All the papers are full this morning. This act of pure evil, which is uh, exactly what Donald Trump has uh, said. And uh, pictures of all these young people. It's uh, absolutely terrible. Uh, Tom Petty. Oh, here he is. I found it. Let me just read this to you first. This is a guy called Thomas Howarth. He was thrown off an EasyJet flight after abusing cabin crew. The 28-year-old, looking a bit thicker, threatened air stewardesses and told her, I'll use the F word, headbutt you, you... He was sentenced to a suspended jail term. What a shame. 120 hours unpaid work and £200 court costs. He's a businessman. Yeah, of course he is. Looking at him, he looks like a plank. He then launched into a foul-mouthed homophobic tirade and abused the cabin crew. He boarded the plane at Manchester Airport. He was drunk, of course. He looks like an old drunk. And he was removed after he threatened to headbutt an air stewardess. As fellow passengers were being guided onto the aircraft, he said to the air steward, William Compton, Oi, queer boy, where's my... Use the F word again, seat. When the cabin manager, Gemma Greaves, intervened, Howarth pushed her out of the way and said, I'll... F word again, headbutt you. Police officers were then called to escort him from the flight. What a plank you are. What a silly little girl's blouse. What a silly little person. I'd have had you in prison immediately. We're far too lax in this country. There's a picture of him in the paper today. You know, he doesn't look like he's blessed with height either. Leaving the magistrate court after admitting. So all he gets is... He comes from Rochdale. Bit of an embarrassment, isn't it? 16 weeks jail suspended for 18 months in order to complete 120 hours unpaid work. It's just, you know, really ridiculous. What a silly little man. 
Silly, silly, silly little man. But you get people like that on aeroplanes, don't you? People who can't handle their drink. Stick to Ribena in future or something like that. You'd be so much so much nicer person, but at the moment you're not nice. Uh, if you haven't gotten around to getting tickets to my live show at the Hippodrome Theatre in central London in January, I've got bad news. Well, I mean, great news for me. Great news for people who've got tickets, but it's bad news for everybody else because the last ticket was sold earlier this morning. But if you still want to go to the Hippodrome and support our charity, Globals Make Some Noise, you can still buy tickets to see Nick Ferrari, interviewed by the former Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg, or to see Nigel Farage telling all about Brexit and appearing on stage with Donald Trump. Uh, He isn't going to be on stage at the Hippodrome, I should point out. Just head to hippodromecasino.com. But I'm sorry to tell you that, well, pleased that my show appears to have sold out, which is which is lovely, which means that we've uh, raised some more money. And uh, we haven't even got to the end of this week as well, because, as you know, uh, I'm also offering you the incentive to go into my prize draw to win a car. I know, I know. It seems ludicrous, doesn't it, to win a car just for, for donating a fiver. This is a Vauxhall Adam. Comes in white. Unfortunately, you don't have a choice of colour, but I've seen a picture of it. It looks gorgeous. It's got black gloss alloy wheels and it's got DAB, Bluetooth, air conditioning, wheel on every corner, perfect stability, windows up and down, all that kind of stuff. It's singing and dancing. And uh, it's thanks to Arnold Clark for that prize. If you want to enter and support our charity, Globals Make Some Noise, you text... So I'm getting indigestion even reading it out now. I'm so excited. You text CAR... C-A-R. That's all you have to write. And send it to 84850. A one-off voluntary donation of just a fiver from every text goes straight to our charity, helping to change young lives. And once you've heard these stories, I know I keep I keep telling you, but I promise you, you'll be so moved. And you think to yourself, it's a fiver. It's not even a packet of cigarettes nowadays if you smoke. So you've got till 5pm on the 6th of October to enter. Keep the phone with you. Imagine getting that phone call going, you've just got, got yourself a car. I'm hoping somebody doesn't then shout a rude word into the telephone. Anyway, standard network rate supply. You need to be over 18. Full driving licence, please. We're playing across all participating stations. And a full list and rules are at lbc.co.uk. So text CAR, C-A-R, and send it to 84850. And so we've had three lovely prizes. We've had the holiday to New York for two people. We've had sandals in Barbados for two people as well. In deluxe accommodation, everything found, all your booze, your drinks. There's a swim-up bar kind of thing. And all the entertainment and water sports. I mean, for the water sports alone, you'd be paying extra. But uh, that's all included. And 11 gourmet restaurants in Sandals, Barbados. And now a car as well. So just text CAR to 84850. It's just a fiver plus uh, standard networks are replying. But you've got to be over 18 with a full driving licence. I can't let you take the car away if you don't have a full driving licence. And good luck. Good luck. And thank you, incidentally, for uh, for buying tickets for the Hippodrome. I think, actually, if you do it early, I said before, if you do it early, then you kind of put it to one side and then, then you don't... You, you don't if, if you'd left it till later, it, they would have sold out anyway. People were writing to me the other day saying, where, where do I find these tickets? Where do I find these tickets? So I hope you managed to, uh, to get them this morning. If you want to find out more about those trips to New York and Barbados and uh, some other prizes... Go to lbc.co.uk and click on charity. You can still enter until Friday. So it's lbc.co.uk. In fact, actually, there's, lo- there's lovely pictures of me on there. 
I think the Christmas pictures are still up there somewhere if you hunt for them. I'm pretty certain. We went up some years ago. To, it seems ages ago, but I look as fresh today as I did then. Well, I didn't a few weeks ago, but I do now. And uh, we went to Angels and we took... They, they just got all these costumes out. And I just dressed up in lots of different Christmassy costumes, which was lovely. So uh, so thank you for that. We will... Um, I'm aiming for a bit of a record this year for raising some money for charity. Front pages of the papers. We're just waking up. The Daily Star. Machine Gun Massacre. We still don't know why this man did it. This is Stephen Paddock. No idea. There's no indication of whether or not he was a gambler and he lost a fortune. We don't know. He lived on a gated community in a £230,000 house, which is, you know, by their standards, that's about right. Over here, that would be considered cheap. Depending on where you are in this country, it would be considered probably expensive. 750000 hit by the air firm axe. Uh, but if you've got... Uh, if, if you paid on a credit card, there's a very good chance you will get your money back. Uh, there might be other people who aren't eligible to get their money back. Daily Mail today pictures. It's the same picture, uh, I think, on just about most of the papers, of concertgoers diving for cover and just looking bewildered. What, what happened? What went on? Because they didn't know where it was coming from. They just know that people were sort of going down in a hail of bullets. 59 people died, more than 500 people, 500 people uh, were injured. The Daily Mirror have the headline Slaughter in Sin City. The gunman kills 58, 515 injured. Uh, holiday Brits fleeing as shots fly over their heads. There were also, um, there's a whole load of uh, Brits over there at the moment who are making an ITV reality show. And uh, Sue Pollard, as you know, is over there. Bobby Crush, loads of other people. Uh, they're making a reality show about uh, variety, I think. Uh, they're all right. They're OK. They weren't near the Mandalay Bay at all. The Sun this morning, they've got the same... Again, people diving for cover. They didn't know where it was coming from. They just know that they wanted to get out as quick as possible. And uh, the headline is Run. And America's Worst Gun Massacre runs over about eight pages in the Sun this morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every terrorist, says Kelly, a person who uses unlawful violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims or other. The Las Vegas shooter is a terrorist, not a lone wolf or some watered-down person, like your guest was uh, inferring. Well, you see, I don't call him a terrorist, because I thought a terrorist, as far as I'm concerned, is linked to a group of people. ISIS have claimed that he's with them, and of course he isn't with them at all. Who knows? He might have had a complete breakdown, could have been anything. Could have been anything. He managed to get 20 guns into a hotel room, though, proving that they need to uh, tighten up either the gun law in America or failing that security in hotels. If you can walk in and get away with 20 guns, how long was he booked in there for? He lives in Vegas, and he's and because you have to fill in all these details. So he lives in Vegas and he books into a hotel. Very odd. Daily Express, an act of pure evil, they've said. They've got a picture of the face of the killer. He just looks like a normal person. But then killers do look like normal people. They don't have the word killer stamped all over them. Don't make us sell our homes. Pensioners anger at social care bill. This is people who have to move into, into what I would call an old people's home. And they're so expensive now that uh, they think 50,000 people last year were forced to sell their homes to pay for their care. And some of them are terribly expensive. I mean, thousands of pounds a month. So unless you own a property, there is a, a problem. Nine in ten want to see a solid cap on any contributions from individuals. Because families go, well, we've got to put mum in there because of this. And, that. and we don't do what they do in other countries. I'm not saying all of us do this. But we do put people in homes as opposed to taking them into our own 
homes and looking after people just because they're elderly, uh, because people need specialist care and stuff like that. But it is terribly expensive. You know, people have to sell houses and homes and flats and everything else just to pay. You know, it's it's you know two two grand a month would not be unheard of. Three grand a month would not be unheard of. A friend of mine is paying a fortune for his uh, for his mother, and uh, she's she's sort of getting on a bit now. But again, it's just something that's so expensive. So it's it's nothing new. This this story in the Express today, front page of the Guardian. Again, the act of pure evil. Hunt warns Johnson not to open door to Corbyn. Um, first test for Trump's links to the US gun lobby. It is so easy in Vegas. When we went into Vegas and we went to this porn shop, P-A-W-N, and they they had guns there. You can I think you just have to produce a driving licence or something like that. Producer's grandmother's care home, three grand a month. She's 89. I mean, it's good, but it's not exactly amazing. £3,000 a month. And the worst thing is, which sounds really harsh, because a friend of mine works in one of these homes, that if, if somebody passes away, which people do, literally within 24 hours, there's somebody else in the room. They, they've got waiting lists for people wanting to go in there. I've said to people, please don't put me in a care home. I don't want to be in a care home. I don't know what I... I, I think, actually, I'd, I'd be quite lucky. I think my, uh, my, my godchildren would take me in. Well, I've said that, or it's either that or Brinsworth. I've decided. The more showbiz I become, the more chance there is of Brinsworth. Front page of the Eye, America's worst ever shooting. And it's awful. They are young people, lots and lots of young people who went to this this concert. You know, the gun debate reignited because anybody can get guns. You can get them in this country. It's not difficult in this country to get them either. And then he killed himself as the police closed in. What a shame. What a shame. But, I mean, he might be mentally disturbed. I don't know. We've got no idea. But uh, the police closed in and Stephen Paddock, aged 64, killed himself because we never, we'll never, we never know the answers. There'll be questions you'll be wanting to know. You know, why did you do it? Have you lost money? You know, he was an accountant. Has he, has he been a gab? We don't know. We don't know any of these things at all. And that's what's so frustrating because these, the, these people don't get the answers. They don't get the answers that they want. You know, if somebody takes the, the life of one of your relatives, your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, your uncle, your cousin, doesn't matter who it is, you want to know why. Why would somebody do that? Did they target them deliberately? In this case, no. He didn't know any of the people. He was just aiming out of a hotel window, which I think had been smashed. He thought somebody in the room next door would be going, what the hell's going on here? But if he had an attachment, which they think he had, fitted to the gun, then he would have been able to fire off literally hundreds and hundreds of bullets. Hence, so many people uh, dying as a result. Steve, after paying a Brexit bill, tonight's Euro lottery prize is 20 quid, says Dave. I like that idea. 167 million. Cool, it'll be a very different programme tomorrow if I win. Mind you, for you as well. I mean, I'm hoping that it'll be one of you who wins. And, um, well, not really. I'm lying, actually. <laughs> I'm going to have to be terribly selfish and go, listen, you know, I've got a lot of people I want to help out. You know, lots of people. I think that'd be the nice thing. I derive great pleasure of doing that. I've said to the producer, do not query. 20 quid. You know, it's straight, uh, simple as that. And he said, thank you. He's very happy. He might get a bit more than that, actually. Not, not much more. I don't want to make it... 25. Not pushing it to 25. Definitely not. Daily Telegraph, an act of pure evil. That's what they call it. Because, but they don't know. Is it an act of pure evil or is it just somebody who's, who's mentally disturbed? Uh, airlines warn not to profit from Monarch. Well, in, in, in what way? One customer said the quoted price on the Ryanair website rose from 138 quid to 199 per person. 
I'm sorry. I, don't, I think Ryanair have shot themselves in the foot, if you pardon the expression, because they just see they don't care about you customers, do they? They're not really bothered. They just think you're going to go back to them anyway after this shenanigans. Uh, for Monica, I don't know what they're going to do. What are they going to do with the planes? They had an order with Boeing, I think, for some 737s. What will happen? What will happen to those? Do they just sort of cancel the order? It's not like you've cancelled, you know, eggs and bacon and some butter and bread. You're cancelling planes that cost hundreds of millions of pounds. But they must have known that there'd be no point in doing it. They made a loss of £280 million last year. They must have known something was going horribly wrong. They just overspent. Overspent. Uh, David Davis plans to retire in less than two years. Leave Boris Johnson to steer the country through the Brexit transitional period. I don't know. We'll find out today what's, uh, what's going on when we go up to Conservative Party conference. Nick Ferrari will be coming live from there for today. Uh, also, front page uh, of oh, the, oh, the airlines. I've done that one. The FA chief defends axing the England women boss. This is Mark Sampson. They say now he should have been sacked three or four years ago. I don't know. It's, it's pointless asking me about football. I read these headlines and I look through to the producer because he knows about football. Well, I say he knows about it. He supports Crystal Palace. So, I mean, you know, what does he know about football? And so I'll say Mark Sampson, you know, mm, and you think there's obviously stories to do with all these people working in football. I'm quite surprised that there's a man who is actually uh, sort of running it. I mean, he was dismissed last month for having a relationship with one of his players whilst at the Bristol Academy. Are you not allowed to do that? Is it, it's, everything is forbidden, is it? Oh, right. You see, I didn't really... I mean, I, I know that we had the submarine uh, bloke who has been suspended because he was having a, a fling with somebody on board. But, what, I mean, you can't do anything about falling for somebody, can you? You're supposed to put those thoughts to one side. I mean, it happens all the time. And so he had a fling with one of the players, and that's forbidden. Oh, right. I don't, listen, it's no good asking me. I've got no idea what goes on. I just think, you know, to be honest with you, every time I read a story about a footballer, I always think they're a bit like Wayne Rooney, a bit thick, but earning loads and loads of money, who apparently is on holiday at the moment with uh, Colleen. <laughs> and uh, and that's, that's lovely. apparently trying to repair the damage. A bit late for that, I would have thought. A bit late, especially as by the time he gets back, the hooker that he slept with uh, is writing a book. I don't know why. I mean, perhaps she hasn't got any work in the in the cards or something like that. But at the moment, we are just plagued in this country with... Uh, with reality shows. I do have a free podcast up for you today. And uh, surprisingly, there's a couple of Katie Price stories. Poor old Katie Price, Miss Misery. She's had so much surgery now on the face, she's incapable of doing any expression apart from dreary. And with that dreadful monotone voice, and uh, stuck with her husband, who is more interested in the old nanny, get my drift, as opposed to Katie Price, she's kind of... Fighting a losing battle. It's, it's downhill all the way. And then she tried it on with somebody who's got a girlfriend. And, um, and now she's started being rude about him, going, yeah, I've got the evidence. That's what she turns out to be. If she can't get her own way, she's particularly nasty. So I always warn people about Katie Price. Bitter. Very, very bitter. Not happy. That's why three marriages all gone west. Anyway, if you go to the uh, LBC website, there are details uh, of all the charitable things that we're doing for Make Some Noise. And some of them are I mean, some really nice things, actually. I think on one of them, you can even go out for dinner with Nigel Farage. You can go for dinner with him. And uh, they've got a price on that one as well. Uh, we weren't doing too many of those this year because we thought if we do this giving away the holidays and, uh, and the car and uh, then the events at the Hippodrome, which are not occurring till January, but as I said, best to kind of get it in 
now and then it's it's done and then you can forget about it. So it's going to be it's going to be quite a busy Christmas actually. And if you're not signed up to the free podcast, you must. It's easy. It's easy. All you have to do is download that LBC Catch Up app, uh, which is on the App Store on Apple or Google Play on Android. You can tell I'm talking about. I've got no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just talking absolute drivel. I've got no idea what Google Play on Android is, but it sounds fantastic. And then you can listen to Steve Allen's Little Bit Extra every weekday for free. So every day, barring Sunday, we have a free podcast. It only runs about uh, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, And I'm afraid... We're just sort of saying exactly what you're saying. We're a little bit rude about third-rate Z-list celebrities. So it's a, I derive great pleasure in that. Great pleasure. Yet yeah, slightly ruder than the live show. When I say the live show, the Monday through Friday live show as well. So go and download that free LBC app. And then it means as well, wherever you are in the country, you can listen to LBC, which is good. And uh, you never miss a moment. It's called the LBC Catch-Up app. I don't even have it. I don't even have it. I seriously don't. I've got something else on here, but I'm not sure if it's an old one and I need to update. I'm just rubbish at things like that. Thank you, incidentally, for um, for the tickets for the Hippodrome. Not for me, because I'm, I'm going to be there anyway, but you'll be there. And uh, lots of familiar faces, which I'm looking forward to seeing. So try not to age between now and January. And I'll do the same thing. Leading Britain's conversation at 10 o'clock this morning. It's James O'Brien but coming up next live from the Conservative Party conference in Manchester. With breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.